Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. And welcome to another edition of the Disney Brit Radio Show. It is me, Adam, as always. And joining me is Alan. Hello, Alan. How are you? Ship shape, Captain Goodger. Um, ship shape. Is this all because we've got a particular theme going on with today's show? Yes, it's all that new cartoon, which I've forgotten the name of it. It's got nothing to do with that. You've got a new horn fitted to your micro. It, it, it is. It's... It's my new micro horn. Um, no, it, it's it's our Disney Cruise special, isn't it? Yes. After, um, after many weeks of planning. Many, many, many weeks of planning. We've got our Disney Cruise special. And because we've got our Disney Cruise special, it means that uh, we can't do this between the two of us because myself, I've been on several. Alan's due to go on what hasn't been on yet. So I think we have to introduce our very special guest. Live. No, I'm not doing that. It is Alex Duncan, who is uh, touring plans blogger and one of the uh, one of the reviewers, writers, contributors to the unofficial guides to Disney Cruise Line. This is Christmas music, by the way. So, hello, Alex. Hello. I feel royal. You feel royal. Feel yeah. Christmassy as well. There you go. I, I was trying to find a Disney fanfare, and the nearest one I could find was. Um, was from the Candlelight Overture from the Candlelight Processional. So, uh, welcome, That's what Alex. The live was from. What's, what's that? That's what the live bit was from. That's the, the live bit. Yeah, no, that was me just trying <laughs> to do something really funny. Hello, Alex. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. It's quite nice to have a sane Duncan voice on uh, <laughs> and not that miserable bloke that you call your dad, who yeah. I know is listening in the background and is refusing to speak, which is quite entertaining. Um, so we <laughs> he's can looking at me now, like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, he's, he is. He's going to look at you, and we can say anything we want. And he's not going to say because he's not invited on the show this week. You are, you see. So, uh, anyway, thank you for joining us this week. It is. Right. Um, we're going to be doing our Disney Cruise special. We need to thank our sponsors as always, which is Scooter Vacations, ScooterOrlando.com, and Orlando Attraction Tickets. You can go to OrlandoTickets.co.uk and look at your Orlando tickets there as well. So. Alan, it's a bit of a slightly different show today, isn't it? We haven't got our news because we've got quite a bit coming up with today's show. Yes. We're going to be doing our results for the Ultimate Disney Attraction in a second. Uh, once we've done that, we are going to be talking to Len Tester and Erin Foster, who are co-authors of The Unofficial Guide to Disney Cruise Line, who is also co-written by our lovely Alex. And uh, then Alex is going to talk to us afterwards a little bit about Disney Kids Clubs, because... Um, we're a little bit old for kids clubs we've never been on them Alex has got quite a bit of experience with the different Disney kids clubs so she's going to talk to us about that and then we've got our Tomorrow's Child as well which we're going to end the show with where we've got loads of Disney favourite movies from different people which we're going to play as well so normally at this point I would play the Disney news music but as we aren't doing Disney news uh, and we're going straight into Disney's ultimate attraction it means it's time for this one 
So we are celebrating Disney attractions. We're going to go through our ultimate Disney attraction uh, list. Over the past couple of weeks, we've had eight pairings up on our website, of which you lot have been voting on. And this week, we have got Legend of Captain Jack Sparrow, which I know is just closed, but hey, it doesn't matter, versus Dino Sue. We've got the Carly River Rapids versus Keyhole Falls. Stitch's Great Escape versus Think which is in Interventions. We've got Flights of Wonder versus Gangplank Falls, Wilderness Explorers versus the Liberty Riverboat, Mighty Duck Pinball Slam versus Some of All Thrills, Castaway Creek versus Honey, I Shrink the Audience, no, Shrink the Kids Movie Set Adventure, and Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid against Affection Section. And for the first time, we are actually going to make a difference because we've got two, one that's an actual draw and one that is only one vote out. And I have a funny feeling we might just change those votes as we go through. So... Alan. Cool. Start us off. Legend of Captain Jack Sparrow versus Dino Sue. What are you going for? Now, do I need to recap on what both of these are for you? Um, Probably. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to work it out. I was, I was starting to write them down as you read them out, and I thought, oh, I can't even do this. So, uh, Legend <laughs> of the Captain Jack is found at the back of Disney's Hollywood Studios, right next door to... Um, uh, one Man's Dream, and you basically go in, and it's kind of an interactive kind of little show which Captain Jack turns up in his boat, and there's like skeletons and stuff, and we defeat them and then leave. Uh, against Dino Sue, which, as much as I'd like to try and make it exciting, Disney do a very good job at trying to make this exciting. Um, according to the Disney website, right, their description of this particular attraction is this. An awe-inspiring reproduction of an actual Trinosaurus Rex skeleton on display in Dinoland USA. <laughs> hmm. So basically, it's a dinosaur skeleton versus Legend of the Cap- of Captain Jack Sparrow. So, Alan, which one are you voting for? All oh, right. Okay, I've just put up a photograph of dinosaur, yeah. and it is better than I th- thought it was. I thought it was the um, what do they call it? The Oh, I can't even remember it now. Is it like a bridge that crosses the um, entranceway into... Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a bridge right next to the uh, Dino Playland area. They call it something like Golden Gate Bridge, but it's not that. Olden Gate Bridge, I don't know. That's probably the one. Um, Right, okay, so that's not Dinosaur at all. No. Um, Right, so we've got... The best way to describe this is it's like the one at Jurassic Park, but without the skin on. (laughs) And it is in a very much running pose. Yeah. Okay. And it's got a pole wedged in its jaw. Yeah. So which one are you going for? Um, right. So we've got one that's closed down and one that's been around for a while. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So it's which one do, well, am yeah. I going to miss the most if I vote it out? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to say... Well, it, it doesn't matter, does it, really? But I'm going to say that the Captain Jack Sparrow thing would have been better to keep because it actually moves. Right. <laughs> So that's why I'm going to vote for Captain Jack. So you're voting Captain Jack. Okay, Alex, which one are you voting for? Captain Jack. Oh, that was quite easy. Why Captain Jack? Because I remember doing that and it was really cool because we were right at the front and the lady was like really overexcited and it was just funny to watch her being really over-enthusiastic. They are actually, aren't they? They are quite excited on it. I I didn't think about it. It's more, it's actually better to watch the cast member than the attraction. Okay. Uh, well, it's like the tiki rooms as well. Tiki yeah, just better to watch customer with the attraction. Fair enough. So you're going Captain Jack. I'm going Captain Jack as well because um, Dino. To be honest, I don't even think I've ever stood and had a photo with Dino Sue because I actually. Do you know what? I I can't even work out whereabouts it is. That's how much attention I've, I've taken. I think it's. It. I'm going to say the Cretaceous Trail. 
Right. If, you, so um, if that is a place. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, and there's also some other dinosaur-related things around there, but they're not listed as attractions. Hmm. So, uh, whatever. Whatever. Anyway, Captain uh, uh, Legend of Captain Jack goes through anyway because five people still voted for Dino Sue, even though Captain Jack did well and truly outdo it. Okay, so that's that one. So Legend of Captain Jack goes through, even though it's closed. But never mind. Um, so next pairing, we've got Carly River Rapids versus Key Hall Falls. So Carly River Rapids is the uh, big rapid ride in the Animal Kingdom. That's against Key Hall Falls. Key Hall Falls is at the top of Mount Mayday, and it's kind of a, a I would say more of a placid uh, kind of rafty kind of ride there are, do you actually know um, which one you talked about no, this time? No, I know what I'm talking about this time. Yeah, not like last time. I got it completely wrong. Uh, it's suitable for everybody, this one, really, as well. So uh, we've got Keyhole Falls versus... And this is the one I think I went on with Harry in the summer. Versus Carly River Rapids. So, Alex, Oh, my God, off. I remember that. Yeah, you're there now. See, Alex is with us. I, I'm, I'm with you. So which one are you going? Are you going Keyhole Falls or Carly River Rapids? I'll go Keyhole because it brings back memories, you know? Okay. You're going Keyhole. <laughs> and this sounds nearly like Keyhole, which is... It sounds like surgery, but it's not. Um, so you're going keyhole. Do you know what? Okay. Hang on. Go on. You, you called it keyhole. Yeah. It's keel. Keelhole. Hole. You know what I mean. Oh, well. Keel. Keelhole. Um, is that what you're going for? Yeah. Me? Okay. What are you going oh. for, Alan? Um, let's think. Cali River Rapids is has a fantastic story there. It does. This is true. And... That is one of the things that I love about Disney, the story and the settings and stuff like that. So yeah. I think it's absolutely fantastic. So is that the one you get? However. However, go on. I, I was going to say, I don't like getting soaking wet with my clothes on. So right. I'd prefer to go on this. Oh, my kids are shouting upstairs. My oh, wife's sorry. kicking off. Get sorted. <laughs> She'll sort it. Go on. So, um, so anyway, I'm going to go with Keel Hall Falls because... Yeah. That's that's how you should get wet. In okay. Your swimming trunks. That is true. Why you wearing swimming trunks? I give you that. Um, I'm going to go Carly River Rapids just because of how wet you get. I think it's it's like it's almost wet to the absolute extreme. Um, but the thing is with it that uh, you you can't survive that one. You get wet end of and you know you can't survive <laughs> it. Um, I got absolutely drenched in the summer and so much so it was the last thing we were going to do. We were going to go do something else. And we got so wet we went no back to the hotel. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, Carly River Rapids wins anyway. Nobody's going to beat that. So Carly River Rapids is a runaway winner on that one. So we get rid of that. Right, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, Stitch's Great Escape versus Think, which is in Innoventions West. I'll read you what the Disney website says. Uh, it says, are you ready to think about the world a bit, a little bit differently? This interactive exhibit showcases our ongoing quest to make the world a safer, more efficient and much more sustainable place. Enjoy awe-inspiring stories, then dance, play and pose in front of the gesture wall. And it's Think presented by IBM. Um, oh, me and Kieran did that. Okay, you're on it. Right, so oh, yeah. right, start us off then. Stitch's Great Escape versus Think. Which one are you going for? Oh, I like Stitch's Great Escape because he burps and stuff and it's really funny. That's true. Yeah. So you're but going... You're think, going... think was like... Again, it was one of those cast member ones. Yeah. So what do I go for? Tricky. Oh... I'm going to do think, because then I'm like keeping my reasons the same, you okay. see? So you're going to think. What are you going for? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, because I haven't done think. I don't honestly know anything about it. However, it looks like people stand in front of giant iPhones. The truth <laughs> is, you probably have done think, but it's so unmemorable. 
don't <laughs> um, actually remember doing yeah. it. It, it, it. It doesn't look like anything, to be honest. It's, all it's all the photographs really. I see, it's people standing in front of walls. That's pretty much it. it that's all it is. It's, it was like that one the other week when you talked about nanotechnology. And it oh, was like that little one. People photographed the sign and then they never photographed any more about it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Stitch's Great Escape is the attraction that everyone loves to hate that it's there. Yeah. However, <laughs> that is I, so think it's, true. I think it's quite good. I think See, the I kids like are going to be still scared about it, but even though it's not as scary as it was. Yeah, I, Harry wasn't a fan. The fact that they, you sit down and they put these shoulder restraints over you. Yeah. Which they automatically start panicking because they think it's going to be a crazy ride. Yeah. And all that happens is it crunches your spine down into your pelvis. I was trying yeah. to think of a lower term there. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go Stitch's Great Escape because it's cheaper than a chiropractor. Right, so you're going Stitch's Great Escape. I'm going Stitch because I think is well, it's rubbish, basically. <laughs> um, as much as Stitch isn't as good as Alien Counter, I still quite enjoy it. So, with Stitch's going through, because everyone's voted for Stitch anyway. Although, saying that, um, there were still a couple that voted for Think. So, we've definitely still got some Stitch haters who listen to this show, which is fine. Um, <laughs> so, Stitch is going through, saying out Think. Okay, next one. Now, this is an interesting one. There is one vote in this. I am not telling you which way round it's going. So, however we vote, we're pretty much going to put one through and knock one out. So this is Flights of Wonder versus Gangplank Falls. So Flights of Wonder is the, the Bird of Prey show in Animal Kingdom, in the Asia area of Animal Kingdom. And that's coming up against Gangplank Falls, which is kind of Typhoon Lagoon's family raft ride. So you can fit up to four people in this big inner tube thing. And it goes, water gets dumped on you from all over the place. It's, uh, I would say, tea, tamer than T-Boat Springs at Blizzard Beach. But it's still good. So, we're going to knock one of these out, and it's and I'm not going to tell you which one. So, Alan, are you going Flights of Wonder or Team or um, Gangplank Falls? Well, one of the things you said there is you think it's tamer than Team Boat Springs. Yeah. Now, I went on Team Boat Springs on my honeymoon, and the next time I went was with my first child. And went on Gangplank Falls thinking it was a similar sort of attraction. Yeah. However, when you've got an 18-month-old in your arms in a life jacket, <laughs> a bit panicky about water, and you do get soaked, you, your little true. rubbering raft that you're in gets filled up on the inside as well as what's underneath it. Yeah. I wouldn't call it as tame. Right, okay. <laughs> so I, I, had a, I had a screaming child at the bottom of that one. However, it is a good, good water slide if you don't mind water in your eyes. Yeah. Flights of Wonder, to me, is quite a unique show, and there is comedy in it. Yeah, there's some great, fantastic birds to see in there. Yeah, I do feel it's it's a bit like when you go to Sea World and you see killer whales jumping in a tank. Yeah, these birds, which are free flight birds, yeah, are sort of entrapped. Entrapped. Is that Something a word? Like that. <laughs> That's you know what I mean. That's close enough. So. Although I do feel bad for them, I think yeah. it's a, it's a great show, and unfortunately, I'm going to say that I would love Flights of Wonder so over Flights of Wonder. Keep okay. Gangplank, yeah. Alex. Well, I like Gangplank. Yeah. Because you get wet. Yeah. But you have to carry your tube up the stairs. That is true, and it is. And it's yeah, a really big tube. Quite a big tube. It's a fair point. So that. It's like minus points, you see. Okay. <laughs> it's your workout first. So you're going Flights yeah. of Wonder, aren't you? I don't know, because the eagles really scare me. 
Like when they're all flying over your head and stuff, it's really scary. Right. But I think I'm going to pick Gangplank. So you're going Gangplank. Okay. Just think, at any time, those flights of birds could actually swoop down and peck you in the head. They could. And if they weren't well, you never there, know. If they weren't there, they can't do it, you see. <laughs> so, um, now, Flights of Wonder Gangplank. I've seen Flights of Wonder probably a couple of times. And as, as great as it is, it's still a bird show. And you get them in, in pretty much any zoo in Britain, don't you? These flying bird shows. Uh, they always have roller skates, though, in this country. Them, <laughs> that's true. They get them, you know, Warwick Castle's got them and all those sort of things. So we kind of see them all the time. It's nothing new. Whereas I like Gangplank Falls for that big uh, kind of family rubber ring tubey thing. Um, and I think it's quite good that it dumps water on top of you as you go past and all that sort of stuff. It's not just a raft ride. So I'm going Gangplank Falls as well. Um, which means, believe it or not, it's a draw. Oh, my gosh. And the way that it works, if it's a draw, then we go back to the originals before we voted. And it means that Flights of Wonder goes through. No! I'm really disappointed by that. I'm the way it should upset. be. I can't believe that's just gone Can through. Can my dad have a vote? No, he can't have a vote. He should, did he vote online? Can now. If you'd have voted online, it might have made a difference. But no, Gangplank, I can't believe. I'm actually quite. Out of all the ones that have happened, that's the first one I'm like, that's wrong. That's really sad. That is quite sad. (laughs) There we go. Okay, next one then. Um, This one we will decide because it is a draw. Uh, It's the Wilderness Explorers kind of uh, activity in Animal Kingdom versus the Liberty River Boat, which is obviously the boat that you get on at uh, Magic Kingdom. So it is down to us to decide which one is going to win this. So Alex, start us off. Which one are you going for? Are you going for Wilderness Explorers or the Liberty Liberty Riverboat? I'm definitely going for Wilderness Explorers because, funny story, the first time we did it, again, there was another really, really excited cast member, okay? (laughs) It was literally the funniest thing ever. So we go up and she's just talking to her other cast member, like her friend. Yeah. And then she just turns to us and she just puts on this absolutely high-pitched, squeaky American voice. It was the funniest thing ever. She just goes, hi, guys, how are you doing? Are you going to get your Wilderness Explorer badge? Oh, yeah. It was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> it's great fun as well, Wilderness Explorers. Yeah. So you're going Wilderness Explorers. I like the fact that you gave us a warning there. Uh, funny story. It's like, okay, we're expecting a funny story. I like it. We get that warning. So you're going yeah. Wilderness Explorers. Okay, uh, Alan, what are you going for? Um, right, okay. Well, I've never done Wilderness Explorers. This is true. I have only done Liberty Riverboat. So I haven't got much to say about Wilderness Explorers. However, I like the concept of it. Yeah. And to me, that is what Animal Kingdom should be about. Yeah. Um, Liberty Riverboat is pretty rubbish, isn't it? It's a bit dull. It's been around, what, 30 years? Something like that? It's been around pretty much since opening, yeah. And I know technology's moved on, but when you're going around and you... I'm guessing here. I might be confusing two different parks here. But if you go around in this riverboat and all of a sudden you see a clearing and there's a a guy sitting in a chair with his feet out and he's not actually moving. Yeah. Or there's a moose standing behind some trees yeah. and they're not actually moving. Yeah. You know, I think it, it's you might as well just walk past the waxworks. It is a little bit like that. That is true. So for, for that reason, I'd say that Wilderness Explorers... Rules. Right, Wilderness Explorers is Alan. Uh, well, it does mean that Wilderness Explorers does win, but I was going to vote Wilderness Explorers anyway. Having done this in the summer, it is good fun. You do get your little booklet and you do get wandering around. I know when uh, Chris did it, Chris uh, with his kids, 
they completed the entire booklet, uh, which apparently happens very, very rarely. We probably got five or six done in the time that we were there, and you know they took. They were really entertaining to do, really good fun actually, and they're really interactive. It's not like where you have to look at a board with a load of writing on it and pick out the answer to this question. You know, there was one bit where we had to listen to radio messages. Um, I think it was midway through Pangani, and you had to listen to the radio message and pick out one message and what was the code in the message and write that down. There was another one where you had to go searching for habitats of animals and see which ones were where and which ones were missing and things like that. So, you know, Disney have done a really good job with it actually, made it very, very interesting. So I'm going Wilderness Explorers as well, which means Wilderness Explorers goes through, and sadly, the classic Liberty Square riverboat goes out. So we say goodbye to that one. Right, next up is the Mighty Ducks Pinball Slam, which you'll find in Disney Quest, where you'll stand on those little pods with um, and hold on and shake yourself about like you're an idiot. Versus some of all thrills, which again is in Inventions, and it's uh, like on the end of a robot arm, and you throw yourself about like a fool. Um, so I'm going to start for this one uh, Mighty Ducks Pinball Slam is alright but it's nothing you know when they first made it it was alright it was it kind of stood out as something a little bit different but when the Sum of All Thrills came out well this was completely different because you're on a robot arm I do remember if I if I remember rightly I think I went on this one with you Alex and if I oh my gosh yes you programmed this to throw us around like it was some sort of ragdoll because um, yeah. it was like we're going for some sort of extreme version of whatever it was and we queued for about half an hour and then I, you threw me on it and I ended up feeling quite sick by the end of it I think if I remember rightly so I'm going some of all thrills just because it's better than Mighty Ducks right Alan what are you going for? Um, I have done neither of okay, these right. so I've got no on, on ride experience Yeah. Um, however my wife did go on some of all thrills and that wasn't me sitting out because I'm a big scaredy cat Yeah. Whatever. that was because that you ride in twos you do? And my wife and her mum went on the ride. So I sat back. And it was the longest queue I've seen in Epcot. Yes. Apart from Soaring. That is true. And I was like, is it really worth it? Maybe if they had two or three of these arms going at a time, or three or four. Yeah. You know, it would make the queue move a bit faster. Uh But I do understand these probably cost billions of pounds a go. Yeah, most probably. Um, Mighty Ducks, again, I've never been on it, but I've never really seen much of a queue for it. Yeah, uh, I, to be honest, there's not unless you go kind of very late at night, there's never much of a queue in most of the attractions. At can you can you imagine when Pleasure Island was still going and you would go out drinking around Pleasure Island and then go, oh, no, let's go to Disney Quest, let's jump up and down and pinball slam. I don't think it's going to go well. No. Um, but generally, Disney Quest isn't fantastic, is it? It's all right. But, it's all right, but it's not. Yeah, it's not amazing. So I'm, I'm going to go some of all thrills because it looked better. Okay, uh, Alex. Um, you, I, I'm guessing I know which one you're going from. Yeah, probably. I can't. I can't actually remember going to Disney Quest. I went when I was like a baby. I, it's the same. That's, that's poor parenting. That is not letting you have that experience. I blame your parents for not giving. I, you I don't really want to go. To be honest. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, is that is that bad of me? No, no, it's fine. 
Yeah, I'll go for some of all thrills because you can like do it yourself, so you're not doing the same ride each time. Okay, so well, it's like variety. That means some of all thrills goes through. Um, okay, next we've got two left. Let's get these two done then. Castaway Creek versus Honey I Shrunk the Kids movie set adventure. So Castaway Creek is the lazy river that goes around the outside of Typhoon Lagoon. That's coming up against the Honey I Shrunk the Kids movie set adventure, which is an outdoor play area that is giant-sized and overgrown, and the idea is it's supposed to be you've been shrunk down like they do in the film and you get to slide down old film rolls and get wet by large hoses and sit on ants and all that sort of stuff. Um, Alex, what are you going for? Well, the only thing I can remember about Castaway Creek is you trying to sit on your tube and then falling off backwards. Yeah, that may or may not have happened. So, (laughs) I think, and I don't actually remember going on the other one. The movie set adventure. Yeah, it's like a playground, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so I'm going to go for Castaway Creek. Okay, Castaway Creek for you. Uh, Alan? Um, well, Castaway Creek being the e- easy river, lazy river. <laughs> easy river, that's <laughs> a new one. It suggests it all, doesn't it? It's nice and lazy, it's relaxing. It is. Funny I shrink the kids, if you've actually got kids and they don't want to leave your side, it's not relaxing for parents. No. I've been up and down that spider's web, which is just like a big rope net thing. Yeah. And it is a nightmare if you've got kids that want you to be active with them. Um, the other thing which I'm going to say about Honey, I Shrink the Kids movie set yeah. is that Disney don't seem to do very good slidey slides. No, and that slidey slide doesn't half hurt if it gets warm. Yeah, they're hot, slightly sticky, and because you're wearing your suntan cream on your shorts, you can't move down these slides. Even the tube slides you struggle to get down. That is true. And if you if you do manage to cover yourself top to bottom in cotton, yeah. you just build up static like no one's business. <laughs> So, I'm going to say the Lazy River, whatever it was called, is okay. what I'm going so with. So you Castaway Creek, and I've gone Castaway yeah. Creek as well, which means Castaway Creek was only about four votes ahead, and now we, it's well and truly ahead because we've just sent it through to the next round. Okay, last pairing then. Two completely different attractions. We've got Affection Section, which you find inside Rafiki's Planet Watch over at the Animal Kingdom. It's the place where you can go and pet all the animals. And then you've got Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid, which is the latest dark ride inside New Fantasyland over at the Magic Kingdom. So, Alan, what are you starting with? Strutting goats or riding a boat? That's it. Mm. Strutting a goat or riding a boat? To be well, fair, I can stroke... <laughs> just sounds wrong to say. I can stroke goats near my house all the time. Okay. Um, there is a, a local city farm, we'll call it. Right. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not a fan of stroking a goat. Okay. So I would go with floating a boat. Floating a boat under the sea, which again I've never done yet. So no, you haven't done that one yet. It's uh, okay. So uh, under the sea, journey of the Little Mermaid uh, is. I, I like the fact that it's a classic dark ride. It's something that Disney did, had had kind of not done for a very long time. So it was nice to have that back again. Uh, is it a classic? No, not really. Is it well thought out? Yes. Are some of the scenes clever? Yes. Um, is it something you'd queue hours for? No, not really. Uh, but equally, affection section, as you say, it's it's just like going to an, a petting zoo that you get or a petting farm that you get at home in, in England. You know, you pay fifty p to go in, you go around, you stroke a couple of animals, and then you leave. They have got one goat called Sheldon, though, which. Um, which I quite like because I'm a bit of a big, big Bang Theory <laughs> You're fan. You're a fan of Sheldon. Yeah, Big Bang Theory fan. So I do quite like the fact they've got a goat called Sheldon. But um, but I'm going under the sea, Journey of the Little Mermaid, I think, because um, you can pet a goat anytime, so to speak. Alex? The petting zoo gets really hot. 
That it does. That's a fair. And point. you go in and you, you like, oh, it's a petting zoo, and then you walk out again, and then a cast member shouts at you for not washing your hands. Yes. True. So oh, this is a, this isn't a positive cast member experience. This one. No, this one's not. <laughs> so I'm gonna go. What was the other one? Uh, it was under the sea journey of the Little Mermaid. Oh yeah, I really like they're like the little shells and stuff. There you go. And and you just go along and you just sing along the whole time. Yes, that is true. It's like karaoke. It's Disney karaoke. <laughs> Now you're the one. You're one of those kids, aren't you, that irritates everybody by singing along really loud. That is right. me. Yeah, that's you. There like everyone looks at me because I'm just that singing child. There we go. So if you've got a singing child on a ride next to you, the chances are it's Alex. Um, <laughs> right. So you're voting under the sea. I take it. Yep. Right. So that's you and me and Alan voting it. Only two people voted for affection section anyway. So under the sea goes through uh, by a long way, which means we have got our next set then that have gone through. So this week, uh, Carly River Rapids, Stitch's Great Escape, Flights of Wonder, The Legend of Captain Jack Sparrow, Some of All Thrills, Wilderness Explorers, Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid and Castaway Creek go through. We are so close. We've got two more sets of eight until we go through to our sex, sex, next... Uh, <laughs> say it, say it. What's going on? Until I go through to our next round uh, <laughs> where we start then. Uh, we're knocking out some of the big hitters from that point onwards, really. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. So next uh, episode, we will be uh, comparing. It will be Project Tomorrow versus Advanced Training Lab. Primeval World versus A Pirate's Adventure, Treasures of the Seven Seas. Prince Charming Regal Carousel versus The Magic of Disney Animation. O Canada versus Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. The Snowstormers versus The Move It, Shake It, Celebrate It Street Party. Uh, Captain Jack Sparrow's Pirate Tutorial versus Finding Nemo the Musical. Uh, and Wishes Nighttime Spectacular versus The Virtual Jungle Cruise. And finally, Mainstream Electrical Parade versus Pirates of the Caribbean Battle for Buccaneer Gold. I just want to say quickly about that Pirates of the Caribbean. That is the game video thing that you get in Disney Quest, not the actual ride itself. I've never seen that working. Um, yeah, I've done it a couple of times. It's really hard. I couldn't, I didn't really understand it. But they are our um, next pairings. They're currently up on our Facebook page now, so you can head over there and you can go and vote for those ready for a couple is, of weeks. Is Virtual Jungle Cruise also in Disney Quest? Yes, it's also in Disney Quest. Yeah, you sit right. in this little boat with a paddle with wheels on the end of it and you have to try and paddle really quickly to escape stuff. That's basically is, is Fruit Ninja going to be listed in your lineup? Uh, sadly not. Fruit Ninja oh. hasn't quite made it yet, which is a shame, but, you know, maybe one day. Right, there are our, um, our little... Uh, pairings for this week they're all going through what we're going to do now is take a quick break when we return we're going to be talking to Len Tesner and Erin Foster from um, the unofficial guide to the Disney Cruise Line and we're going to uh, talk to them a little bit about cruise lines in general about the kind of things you can do on a Disney Cruise Line and hopefully you'll find it really informative and interesting but after we've spoken to them we'll be back with Alex who's going to tell us a little bit more about Disney Cruises Kids Clubs we'll be back in a second Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. For the past 10 years, Orlando attraction tickets have been providing the UK with cheap Disney tickets for Walt Disney World and the surrounding Orlando attractions. With a low deposit scheme of just £10 per person, you can book your tickets in advance knowing you're in good hands. Orlando attraction tickets are the only ticket company to allow you to pay your balance off in instalments online and with no credit or debit card fees. 
free UK sign for delivery, and you are fed Fast Pass Plus enabled tickets now shipping. There is no other choice for your Orlando ticketing needs than Orlando attraction tickets. Visit www.orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845 226 8523. That's orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845-226-8523. I feel like I'm getting in all the Caribbean spirit here. Uh, we are talking about Disney Cruise Line. And we thought, rather than me talk about Disney Cruise Line and Alan pretend that he knows what he's talking about because he's never been on it, we thought we'd get some uh, people in to join us, and we are very lucky to have Len Tester. Hello, Len. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. I'm pleased we've got Len on again. Len always comes up with some really interesting, exciting stuff. And also, we've got Erin Foster. Hello, Erin. Hey, how are you? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. These are seasoned cruisers. You know, I've been on one or two cruises. Len's been on one or two a week. Um, Erin's <laughs> close. Uh, so we thought, rather than just try and trawl through some of your questions and give you kind of half answers, we thought we'd uh, we'd bring in some experts to talk about it. Now, Alan, you're you're kind of coming at this from a different angle to me, aren't you? Yeah. Um, I've, come on. Yeah. I've booked my first Disney cruise. I've I've been planning it for ages because I really wanted to try new things. And that's, to me, half of the fun of going to Disney is about trying new things. So we decided to book a sampler cruise. So we've gone in for the the, the three-day Bahamas one on the, I think it's the Disney Dream. So you're doing Nassau, Castaway Key and back? Yes. Okay. And that, that was basically just the concept of, we'll, we'll go and try it, see what it's like. We haven't really got any concept of cruising full stop. We've never been on anything more than a, a ferry across to France. Um, yeah, just so you know now, it's nothing like that. Just point <laughs> that out. No, no, no. You know, don't try and For one thing, vastly fewer <laughs> French people <laughs> on the other side. Yeah, a lot fewer French people. Well, yeah, that, I mean, well, substantially, there's still a lot, but you know. <laughs> well, no, no offence to the French people, but I hope it's nothing like that because when I was on that ferry... There was, there was such a swell in the waves that me and my wife had fallen over nearly sick. Actually, no. I think that's a very good point to come in on because one of the biggest questions I have from people or one of the biggest comments I have from people when they go on a cruise ship is, yeah, but I get seasick and when I go on a ferry, it rocks me about left, right and centre and it's it's horrendous. Um, and I think one of the things to, to sort of point out to people is that these ships are so big they are massive that they can cope with a bit of battering a wind and, and a few strong waves. Um, I, I don't know about whether you've got any sort of um, experiences of being on a cruise, a Disney ship with um, strong wa- uh, wind and waves. We were on one, uh, it was in the Mediterranean and they were doing the kind of um, the, the show where they're just singing songs from the Disney. It's almost like a concert show style thing. Mm-hmm. And we had a slightly rough waves that particular night. And you could just about feel it. But uh, all of these singers were stood on the stage trying to sing their best Disney rendition. And as you were watching, you could just watch them sway from left <laughs> to right. That was part of the show. It was brilliant watching someone try and sing Be Our Guest or something like that. I, while was, I was on the magic after in the wake of uh, Hurricane Sandy. Okay. And you could definitely feel 
um, the, that the water was more rough than usual, yeah. but it didn't. The only thing, it, the only thing I really couldn't do on board was if I got on a treadmill to jog in the uh, gym. That was a little disconcerting because <laughs> you could you could definitely feel the movement then. Uh, but other than that, I think you'll find that a little bit of uh, the the rocking movement yeah. will put you to sleep at night oh, faster really than right, that, just about yeah, really anything. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I sleep really well on, on the ship, and I'm not a good sleeper in general, but I am personally quite prone to motion sickness, and I have found that, that I need to start, you know, even just Dramamine um, 24 hours before, yeah. and that helps me immeasurably. So if you know that you're somebody who does get a little seasick on a ferry or something, you know, sort yeah. of take proactive measures, and it, it, it does help a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, it, it, the difference you feel between what you feel on a ferry is, is so completely... And yeah. uh, would excessive drinking counteract that? Um, <laughs> it couldn't hurt. Do you know what? I think that's an experiment you need to try. Uh, You've got you some great them. bars on the Dream. They're, uh, oh, there the, is. The Dream and the Fantasy have the best... Uh, the best I think the best bars, not only in, on the Disney uh, in the Disney fleet, but I prefer them to anything that Royal Caribbean has as well. Yeah, we went to the Skyline Bar one evening. Um, that's what my kitchen looks like. Fantastic in there. It's great. Um, yeah. so, it's Scaling by the one that's got the, the views around the world. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's the ones. It's great in there. It was quite. That would be an amazing there. kitchen. It would be a great kitchen. It is. So that's where I got the idea for the uh, the uh, plasma TVs in, in the back of my kitchen that constantly rotate photos. So basically, Lens House is uh, basically a mishmash of <laughs> different things from Disney Parks and, and in the uh, In the rainforest uh, showers from the Dream and the Fantasy are where my bathrooms came from. And it's got the new aqueduct to get from upstairs. To upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> upstairs to downstairs. No, seriously, it's uh, the the ship is uh, the ship is beautiful, Alan. You're gonna you're gonna love it. In fact, I you know when you originally told me your itinerary, my first thought, and I think this is probably Aaron's first thought too. Three days is not going to be enough. No, that, that, right. I, I actually think that it's sort of hard to to get into it three in three days, days and yeah. that by the time you get used to it, it's time to leave. So I, I feel like it takes. Three to four days just sort of to get used to the process and the boat. And, and I, the, my first couple cruises were the shorter ones. And I and I mm. didn't love them as much as I had thought or as everybody had raved about them. And it wasn't until I took a seven-day cruise that I really like, yeah. oh, this is why people get it, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. I did the three-day in the summer uh, on, on the Dream. Having done it previously, we decided we wouldn't get off at Nassau and we'd enjoy the ship. Uh, that's how but, you'd have to do it, yeah. But yeah. even then, yeah. uh, I didn't see as much of the ship as I wanted to. We'd not been on the Dream before. We've done Fantasy, we've done Wonder, and we've done Magic. Not done Fantasy yet. Uh, but even <laughs> though, Fantasy yet, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, it's the Ooh. next one. Once I've done Fantasy, it, then it's Fantasy full Eastern house, Caribbean then. is the best itinerary yeah. Disney sells. So that's Seven Night Eastern. That would be the full house, then I'll be happy. But um, <laughs> even just, just for three days to do the Dream, you know, and then trying to, t- you know, we only just managed to get like the midship detective agency in. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You couldn't, I mean, like I don't know. The, you'd have to you'd have to visit two bars a night. Yeah. You'd have to, you'd, you'd still miss out on one of the restaurants. Yeah. On a three night, unless you did, well, there's no, uh, there's no sea day, so you couldn't even make it to a brunch at uh, at Palo or no, to a. No. Palo or to, that time, I, um, I feel like one of the great things about cruising that that's a little bit different than going to Disney World is that you can re, you can relax. That's part of the cruising experience. And if you have what? a short if what, you have what, a short what, voyage, on, you feel sort cruise? of obligated to run around. You know, <laughs> I don't. I can't recall the last cruise in which I actually relaxed. But, but it's I, your I, job. I hear it's so possible. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah that's different. Job. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I did it. I, I must admit, I did. I enjoy relaxing in the Quiet Cove area um, in the jacuzzi with the glass bottoms. 
and just sitting there for an hour and uh, just literally. You're, you're on about the base of the jacuzzi was the glass, base of the jacuzzi not there's a lot of glass bottoms. No, not a lot of glass bottoms. <laughs> the, the base of the jacuzzi Queen's is glass. Part of the squirrels. And you can look right down. And uh, to be honest, when I first got in, I didn't realise it was there. And then it took me a little while, but after a while, it's it's all right. But there, I'm sitting in there. It's beautiful. That would freak me out a bit, actually. I'm thinking about this. To start off with Glass bottom jacuzzi. So what's actually underneath the... Nothing, because it hangs out over the edge of the ship. Is, is that hanging over the sea, or is it like... Well, it depends yeah. Deck number three looks up at your bottoms. It was at, it was at Nassau, so we were hanging right over the edge of the, of the sort of port. Right, you were okay. high enough up for nobody to be able to really make out the shape of your bottom, though, to be honest, if you were sitting on the actual glass bottom. The other thing on the Dream, too, that's, uh, that hangs out a little bit is the one of the sauna rooms... Yes, in the, in the spa that, that uh, the one immediately on the on the right when you go in, or the you know, the farthest right one, uh-huh. that hangs off over the edge. So if you're sitting on the very end of the uh, the wood part of the sauna and you sort of crane your neck, you can look down and see nothing but sea. Oh yeah, wow. uh, that's that's also a little disconcerting. But yeah. that's a that's a great spa. It's just not one to go to if you're afraid of heights. You're trying to relax while it's no, no, no. how far you are. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't try pushing against the plexiglass to see how strong I'm it is. I'm kind either. of intrigued uh, from you guys. What is it that um, that draws you to the Disney Cruise Line? Obviously, it's Disney, but you know, what are the things that you would say are the reasons why you might go for a Disney cruise over other cruise lines? Kind of learn. What, what is it for you? Uh, so there are a couple of things. One. Um, the, if you've if you've got children, there's really no comparison between the Disney Cruise Line's approach to children's entertainment and and any other cruise line. There's a vast difference in what Disney does and say, let's say Royal Caribbean. And, and I'll give you an example. Um, when we took our kids on our on the Disney cruises, the the coordinators of the children's clubs mm-hmm. generally always make sure that every child is actively participating if they want to. Yeah, in in each program, and if they're not, if the kids are you know introverted or shy or having trouble uh, getting oriented, the uh, coordinators will uh, actively try to integrate them into the games and make sure that everyone is included. Everyone who wants to be included is included. With other cruise lines, it is much more hands off. Essentially, it's uh, the those those coordinators are there to make sure that nobody gets in trouble. Yeah, but they're not they're not leading a session or in a, making sure that the children are. Um, you know, all all being mixed in really well. So the active participation um, of the of the coordinators, it's it's and it's such a difference. In fact, I think we we said this. We have the a new version of the book coming out in December of 2015, mm-hmm. and we said that you know if if you're gonna keep your kids in the kids clubs if they're younger, you're gonna keep them in the kids clubs for any length of time. That's really all you need to know, and you can just stop reading the section now and just yeah. go book the Disney cruise. Yeah, it really is. You know, the, the stuff the kids do in there is amazing, um, and the, the cast members are just and just incredible. I yeah. mean, with the they, they want to play and they yeah. want to you know they they take turns leading and they ter- take turns participating. The, to see the ebb and flow of of them sort of like you know guiding and shaping the whole the whole day. Mm. It's it's really amazing to watch. Like you know, you, you go in, and you think, well, they're they're cast members, and you know, and they're you know, they could just as easily be working in the kitchen. But you know, those those people have skills uh, in 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 uh, entertainment and in childcare that's that are that aren't really really apparent until you really sit and watch watch them for a little bit and see how they work because it's it really is an incredible set of skills. Because I know, Alan, this was um, one of your concerns, wasn't it, with your with yeah. Am- Imogen and Abigail going on the cruise ship and about what they're going to be like with the kids club and things like that. Yeah. You, you might actually have trouble getting them back. It Alan. is true. <laughs> how, old are, how old are your kids? Um, when I go, my, when I, my youngest one will be four years old, okay. and my oldest will be seven. 
So you, you you may not be able to get the seven year old back. We actually had to set times with our kids, and, I mean, she, and I was a teenager, but she was you know, fourteen at the time. Like we have to have dinner together every night. You cannot abandon me for the friends that you've you've made or the <laughs> you, you have to have dinner with us every night. But she would happily stay out 12, 15, 16 hours a day. Yeah, it, it's true. Uh-huh. We we sat. We'd sit each evening with Harry and uh, we'd go through the itinerary and we'd have to go through the kids' club stuff. So he knew what was going on when. Um, so he knew that this was then and this was then. And we'd have to fit everything else we did around him to make sure he made, you know, sure. he was there for the Piston Cup Challenge and he was there to make Flubber and he was there for the mm-hmm. cooking of this. And he was there. And it was it was this idea that he wanted to be at the kids' club pretty much all the time if he possibly could, like you say. Um, <laughs> and we would do other things and try and make sure they fit. And on a three day cruise, as we've already said, there was stuff that we just didn't do because yeah. he wanted to do this and this and he couldn't because they were both at exactly the same time. But they will, you know, they will spend hours upon hours. To be honest, if they let adults in, I might have spent all day in there as well. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, right. Some of the stuff, <laughs> stuff, stuff looks pretty fun. Did you see the uh, the automatic washing machines? Yeah, they're the brilliant. Hands? Hands That's the there. most amazing thing yeah, ever. Brilliant. They just, they <laughs> like, like, is that like what they used to have at McDonald's? Yeah, no, better than that. Oh, you just put your hand, literally put your hands in and it does stuff to your hands and they come out and you expect them to be gold-plated or something. But It's, it's like a car wash <laughs> for your hands. Yeah, it is. It's, it's like that. You go in there, like, as I say on the dream, you've got the the Nemo submarine area. Um, you've got Andy's room where I wanted to go through Slinky Dog, but for fear of getting stuck, I didn't. Um, <laughs> and you've got Pixie Hollow and all those other bits and pieces. The, the theming is there, the, the stuff they do with them. The, one of the things I've, I've kind of also noticed with Disney kids clubs and other kids clubs is the stuff they do with the kids is meaningful in other kids clubs on cruise ships it's a case of we've done this activity because we've got to do something with the kids and quite often it's it's a time filler it's something to keep the kids entertained whereas you always find disney got some sort of purpose for the activities they do with the children which i think is a massive difference for me Aaron, did you, your kids uh, he's seven what? yeah he's seven yeah and aaron your kids went on the on the cruise as well right yeah, yeah they yeah. did. They and and one of the things that I really like um, is that I feel like the cast members do, as the cast members at the parks do, do a, a very good job of making each kid feel special. So yeah. they will, um, you know, they have little shows or something, and they'll make sure that every kid gets a turn in the spotlight. You know, mm-hmm. whatever that that activity might be. Um, my, my the first time I took my kids on a on a Disney cruise, my oldest was about six, and the the younger twins were about three. And they made up a one of the cast members made up a song with alternative words to like the Lion King, and my kids still sing that song, you know, fifteen years later. So, wow. Uh, wow or 10, 10, 12 years later, whatever. Um, but yeah, so it's they they really remember how special the cast members made them feel. Yeah. So, Erin, what is it for you? With we've obviously asked Len about the Disney Cruise Line that makes you go back again and again. What was the difference for you? Um, well, you know, I would, with, I, I don't mean to sound like a, like a commercial, but I feel like I can trust the, the quality with Disney. Yeah. Um, I can trust that the cast members are paying attention and that, um, y- you know, the, I like the fact in the restaurants, for example, that your server sticks with you for the duration of your cruise. And so they really get to know you. So by the time, you know, it's day two or three, they know what drink you want. They know that your kid needs his meat cut up. They know that you're allergic to whatever, and you don't yeah. have to keep telling them over and over again. And so there's that personal touch that I that I think is a little, you know, special. That's a, a quite an interesting thing you alluded to, this idea that... Um, 
you know, it's it's a brand that you trust. You know what you're going to get with Disney, and you're not going to get anything less. And that you're on a cruise ship that is fully owned and operated by Disney. So you you kind of expect that level of service, and they you know they don't let you down, which is um, I think yeah a really interesting point actually. Um, we've got some questions from some of our listeners that I wanted to just quickly go through with you guys. Uh, James has literally sent this email. What's this new app all about? So Disney have introduced this new oh, yeah. app, which I had the joys of playing with in the summer. Alan, um, I don't know whether you've downloaded it yet. You can kind of have no, it. It doesn't really do much for you at the moment. But Len, do you want to explain a little bit more about the, this app that you can now get for the smartphones? Sure. It's a um, it's the digital replacement to the personal navigator paper guide that you get uh, first when you board the ship, and then uh, every night in your cabin, which lists the following day's activities. So it's a it's a way for you to. Um, always have what's going on in the ship and be up to date and it uses the uh, the ship's wi-fi to uh, to stay up to date as well but it's essentially it's, a, it's an app that uh, has the same schedule and information that's in the um that's in the uh, personal navigator and i see that they've uh, they've just added a chat a chat feature to it yes, as well I believe so. so you you can uh, you can talk to other disney cruise fans and i don't believe you have to be on a cruise ship to use the chat feature you can imagine freaking somebody out can't you i'm currently sat watching the same film as you i can see you with your exactly. i can see you yes. i can see the appeal of chat to other disney or disney cruise fans but that to me just makes it a bit weird do you think it's, 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 it's not like if you joined a group on facebook and you you know it's like a relatively small thing but so, so you've downloaded this app. Do you mind if we chat? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced it's to be used for stalking purposes, to be honest with you. I'm not convinced that's the yeah. idea. It is it just as well for those, obviously, British uh, people, the Wi-Fi use with the app is free. So you don't have to have a, a Wi-Fi sort of uh, package in order to do that or have any sort right. of internet connection. So that you can use it for free through that as well. It is really handy to have because I have, before now, I've lost my personal navigator so many times. I've, I think I've even dropped it in the pool once. Um, you know, <laughs> So as soon as that's gone, it's gone. But now you've got it on your phone, it's really handy. It does also mean that I used to go on the cruise ship and think, no phone, don't need it, put it away. And now I carry it around with me because I knew I could always use it for... Uh, for the access to the app as well, but uh, it is a good app and it does work really well. Actually, it does. I, it, it does work I well. think they find that a lot of people have their phones in their hands for the camera function as well. Yes. So if you've got yeah. it anyway, you know. Yeah, it does make a massive difference in the advancements of, of those cameras that people do carry them around a lot more. Um, Frances has emailed us um, and she said that um, she's been looking at the prices for Disney Cruise Line for the Mediterranean Cruise next year and she's noticed that they are not particularly cheap. Uh, In fact, uh, for a Mediterranean Cruise next year, it will cost her more for 12 nights to go on a Mediterranean Cruise on an inside cabin than it would for her to go for two weeks in Walt Disney World. Um, Her question was, um, inside cabin or balcony, is it really worth the extra money for a balcony over an inside cabin? I think it depends on the uh, the itinerary. Uh, Aaron, you did Alaska, right? I did. I did Alaska, and I and I have done Mediterranean also. Um, for Alaska, I thought it was fairly essential to have a to have a view, um, you know, because we were seeing the the glaciers, and I had never experienced that before. And so it was it was lovely to be able to look out and see the mountains and the snow, and 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 so much different. I mean, a lot depends on how much time you expect to spend in your cabin. So let's say you have an infant who will be napping a lot and you're going to be in your cabin. It might be kind of dreary to be stuck, you know, in an inside cabin. But if you're an an adult that's going to be out and about a lot and and want the the quiet cocoon-like inner, you know, cabin for sleeping, then that might be 
perfectly great. So it, mm-hmm. it depends on where you're going and, and who you are a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Len, with regards to cabin sizes on the ships, mm-hmm. what's the difference in size between, say, an inside and a standard cabin uh, standard cabin with a balcony? Uh, in terms of exact square feet? It's quite, uh, it's quite big, that, yeah. isn't it? Uh, from what yeah. I, I remember, uh, my it's around it's around fifty square feet or so. Let me let me see if I can okay. find the exact uh, the exact amount. Well, you just search that. Well, my experience, I, I quite like the inside cabin. Um, I do like the balcony as well. But I always uh, I've got quite a clever ploy, which some of you could employ as well. Uh, I get my parents to come with us. They always buy the balcony. We get the cheaper inside cabin, and we go and sit on their balcony. And it works brilliantly. <laughs> All sure right. So uh, so right inside there. staterooms yeah. are one hundred and sixty nine to one hundred and eighty four square feet, depending yeah. on the the category and the uh, the ship. The um, the outside balcony ones, so there's a there's a few of them, but generally yeah. they're around 240 square feet, 200 and 204 to 240 square feet. So anywhere from 40 to 80 square okay. feet difference, so it's quite a somewhere difference. In there. I do I do like the Disney uh, cabins with the balconies. I I'm also a fa- quite a fan of the inside cabins, to be honest. Um, yeah. One of the things I find which is really great for inside cabin, another really sad reason to choose it. But um, it's pitch black in there, which means you don't have any idea when dawn's coming. And if you do want to sleep in longer, there's no natural light coming into your room to wake you up anyway. So it really Have you ever used the blackout black curtains? Uh, uh, no, I must have Oh, done. those yeah, those done. are the most effective blackout. Yeah, you could you could easily sleep till noon with blackout <laughs> curtains. Of course, if you're talking about the fantasy or the dream, one of the advantages of an inside cabin is, of course, the virtual bar- uh, the virtual uh, porthole. Yeah. Uh, and I chose an inside cabin on the on our dream cruise purely for the fact that because I wanted to experience the virtual <laughs> porthole, and it was brilliant. We were transfixed for hours when we first arrived. It was like switch it on, and we just sat there and just watched. <laughs> really? Oh, look now, look Tinkerbell, and then next, and it's like, oh now look. <laughs> so that's just entertainment in itself without anything else going on. Um, but obviously, from a, a financial point of view, you're dead right. We looked at doing a Disney cruise, the the Med cruise for next summer, where it's actually going up and doing the fjords and those sort of areas. Uh, and we looked at the cost, and, and it, it isn't cheap for the Mediterranean cruises. I don't know no. how it is in comparison to uh, the US prices, but it is. It's more expensive for a 12-night cruise than it is to do um, two weeks in, in Disney World for your hotel your tickets and your flights and things. You have got to remember that you have got 24-7 entertainment while you're on the ships. You've got to remember your food's all included. Um, so that does make a big difference. But no, it, it isn't cheap by a long oh. shot. Do you know what is relatively inexpensive, though? The uh, the transatlantic crossings. So yeah, if you want to catch the cheap. magic going to or from the Mediterranean, yes. uh, those are, I think, uh, per person, they're under $100 a night, or maybe yeah. right at $100 a night. So was that... S- oh. 70, 80 pounds, something 75 like pounds. Yeah, something around there. And I, I was, yeah. was talking to um, one of our old, um, old friends, Kim Goodwin, and she's doing the. You just from, said old friends, Barcelona. Like, like we've fallen out with her now. You don't want to talk to her anymore. She's an old friend. We don't <laughs> old, talk to her. I don't know. We've, we've been long friends, okay? Yes, there you go. And um, she's doing from, I think it's Barcelona to. I'm, I'm guessing Cape Canaveral. I'm guessing that's where it's going. Yeah, it's yeah. Port Canaveral. Port Canaveral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't go and to Cape Canaveral. <laughs> You're not going to get a ship from there. She's hooking up to a rocket. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure she said it's costing around about a thousand dollars, thousand pounds even. Yeah, that's yeah. about right. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's great uh, because you you obviously get the same standard of service, you get the same entertainment, uh, but you get longer on the ship as well because yeah you can do almost everything now for those i don't think i would get an outside cabin for the simple reason that it's you're at sea almost the entire time yeah Yeah. and it looks the same every day yeah yeah it's a very fair point you get the same view from a balcony as you do from one of the top decks so right so in in terms of position on the the ship sort of higher to lower 
does that affect how rough the sea would feel? It, it does, obviously. I think it can, the higher, yeah. Yeah, the higher up you go, and especially the higher up at the ends, you'll get more pitch. Right. Um, the, the, the only time I've ever been on the lowest deck, I've been on deck two um, on the magic. Right. And there was a little bit of a, sort of equipment or engine noise, too. And, of course, on the, you're, you're at the absolute farthest point from anything on the top, so cabanas or the pool or uh, any of the entertainment, you are relatively close to the, to the clubs and stuff, which are typically on decks three or four, yeah. um, you know, or the restaurants. But, uh, but there's a lot of going up and down stairs on, mm. uh, when you're on the lower decks. But, again, but if, you're, if you're eating on a cruise, that's probably a good thing to get yes. a little exercise. That's a very good point. Yeah. So Laurel, Laurel, my partner, has this, has this rule where we don't take the elevators on, on cruise lines. Wow. So, to which is that's a harsh yeah. rule. <laughs> I couldn't see it, that rule. But it's possible to do sixty flights of stairs in a day. Easy. Yeah. Easy. I think our our, our most is a hundred. Wow. Wow. That is a massive. Um, amount. I live in a townhouse, so I'm used to stairs. Yeah. You so you're fine then. <laughs> There's no problem for you. Yeah, you're um, fine. I'm just looking at I, the itineraries at the moment for next year's Disney cruises. Uh, if for European, particularly, Erin, are you coming to do a European this one this year? Or I am. I'm uh, leaving out of Copenhagen um, and uh, some Iceland, some some oh, Norway, wow. uh, think Scotland, and ending in Dover. So I'm very excited about so that. You're coming to Dover? Don't get too excited about Dover. Um, no, <laughs> it's got white. Cliffs. The in between part. The white cliffs are lovely, but that's <laughs> that's it. As, apologies for anyone who lives in Dover, but um, yeah. Um, um, it's, there's some really nice ones this year obviously leaving from England is going to make it slightly cheaper for your travel but obviously the cruise isn't cheap but um, it's got some amazing venues this year you know things like Copenhagen going to places like Berlin Stockholm Helsinki St. Petersburg Tallinn uh, still doing the traditional uh, sort of seven night Mediterranean cruises Villefranche and Italy etc um, so there's there are some really great options for people um, to do again this year uh, obviously we've got the not only the Mediterranean, we've got the Bahaman cruises and things like that. Now, you were just talking mm-hmm. about some of the eastern uh, Bahaman cruises, things like that. Do you want to talk a little bit more about those, Len the, the, and Aaron? These are ones that I don't have any experience about whatsoever, having, having not done them. Sure. So you've got, um, you've got a couple of uh, different options coming up in, I think, 2015 and 2016. Yeah. In 2015, the, uh, the Fantasy only sails seven-night eastern and western uh, Caribbean mm-hmm. uh, itineraries. The eastern Caribbean includes... Um, Castaway Key, and then for 2015, uh, St. Martin and St. Thomas, which is part of the U.S. Virgin Islands. And then the rest of it are, uh, so the other days are sea days, which is great because you get to run around the ship, you get to play Midship Detective Agency, you get to, you know, sample all of the restaurants, you get to go to brunches on them. There's plenty of time to go to the spa and and really see everything on the ship. And I really like those itineraries. We, um, for this next edition of the book, we actually developed walking tours of St. Martin and St. St. Thomas. Okay. So that if you're, you guys know this, that the Disney tends to price their shore excursions, um, pretty high. So they're fairly costly. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, d- depending on how much time you want to spend on the Island and what you want to do, there's, we thought that there'd be cheaper ways to do this. So we actually came up with walking slash driving tours of, uh, of these islands that get you to the highlights or at least enough to say that you saw the island, um, but do it do so much less expensively than um, than Disney does it. For uh, for 2016, I think they're swapping out St. Martin with Martinique. Martinique, I believe that's yeah, correct, yeah. yeah. And I haven't been to Martinique yet, but that'll be interesting for 2016. Oh, you'll have to just go and try that one. 
I just I would make it on the fantasy At just to do that. And I really the the fantasy Eastern Caribbean is my is my favorite. So much time to to relax on the ship, so much time to explore the ship, um, that I think it's a, it's really worthwhile. The problem is you know for for U.S. people. Yeah, you know, you've got to get, you generally got to get to the port a day in advance. You have to travel the day after. That's really like, uh, you know, eight or nine days of vacation time uh-huh. that you take, and most people get two or three weeks. Uh-huh. That's a that's a big chunk of time. But really, I, I don't know that you could do anything better with it. That's it's a really relaxing itinerary. I, I'd be intrigued to know, Aaron, kind of your opinion. Um, whenever we do the the three day or the shorter cruise, um, we will go Castaway Key. I love Castaway Key. We'll talk about mm-hmm. it in a little while. In a, in a little while. But Nassau for me is it's a Caribbean island, great, but it isn't. I wouldn't say it's a fantastic place, and it's not a place I'm dying to get off and see. No, uh, is the I'm... kind of the eastern <laughs> eastern sort of itineraries the place the places you visit the ports and things like that on par or better than sort of Nassau. Well, I have to say, I'm I'm doing this this one that Lynn raves about in April for the first time, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I mean, there is a similarity to some of the islands. You know, each of them has their own their own sites, but you know, they they will offer the same straw bags on the corner at, at most places. Yeah. So, um, you know, not to say that everything is exactly the same, but but if you're looking for beaches, you can find a beach at at any of them. Um, right. That sort of thing. So. Okay. Again, it depends on what you're interested in doing. If there's a particular, site, you know, like there are some that go to Key West, and if you're a, a Hemingway aficionado and you want to see his residence, like that, that's a thing that you might want to do specifically. But mm-hmm. if you want dolphins or sitting on the beach, you can do that sort of everywhere. Almost any yeah. of them everywhere. Yeah, the uh, I think the one the one difference. So all the ports, the ports that the ship. Uh, docks into all of them look the same. They all have the same. I actually say this in the book: the same sort of Corona beer T-shirts and beach towels that yeah. you will see everywhere that Disney that Disney goes. There's literally no difference between them. Okay. Um, for the Caribbean islands, again, they're all they're all islands. Islands. I actually had somebody in uh, in Barbados one time tell me. He was sort of summing up island culture. He goes, "Let's face it, they're all rocks," which I, th- which, which I thought was sort of like the all-encompassing. This was a this was a Barbadian, a, 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 a native, who said, "Look, let's face it, we're on a rock," <laughs> but, uh, which point. was great. That's fair. Um, you know, NASA, I think, is the least interesting of the uh, of of the islands that uh, the uh, the ports that Disney stops in. You get you see in Saint Martin. Have you guys been to uh, to uh, Airport Beach, Maho Beach, no. in Saint Martin? Have you heard of it? Uh, no. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's on the eastern um, itinerary. So it's okay. this. Uh, it's on Saint Martin. It's on the Dutch side. Okay. It's this. Um, so it's it's the the beach uh, sits right up against the end of the one runway in Saint Martin. So the airport uh, runway. Do you know what? Now you say it. I think it, you've I've heard seen, of it. Heard of it? So maybe seen some clips on YouTube. Yes. And so what happens is, is this this little strip of beach, and uh, it, it it's not twenty yards wide. It is literally across the street from the end of the runway, yes. to the point where there's a fence at the end of the runway that butts right up against the asphalt in the street. And on this fence is a sign that says, "Don't get closer, or you'll die." Something like that <laughs> from from the jet. Wash. But these uh, and it's on the windward side of the island, so that the uh, the wind is actually coming down the runway, which means okay. that air, airplanes approach going into the wind over the beach. Okay. And so most of the time you get these small commuter planes or, you know, very small uh, commercial planes and they come in. But every once in a while you'll get like a like a 727 or a 737 come in and it is 
terrifying. First of all, you can see it five miles away, so everyone bunches in. But they're coming in maybe 100 or 200 feet above you, and the the noise is incredible. The whine of the jet engines is incredible. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they go overhead, the, the, uh, the jet wash, you can feel. It will actually knock you back. Wow. Uh, it'll lock you, it'll lock small children over, but it is absolutely terrifying because from from the time it's about a mile out, you you really think, well, maybe this is the one time in ten thousand where it's not going to make the runway; it's going to crash on the beach. <laughs> terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Who so needs um, Tower of Terror when you have that. Man? Yeah, I know. It is it is the best thing ever. That's so funny. The, and then you get um, a micro as well. Yeah, <laughs> really right, a little sandblasting going on. It's fantastic. And then from there, um, the other thing that that. The other thing that makes St. Martin a little bit different is it's, so it's half Dutch and half French. Mm-hmm. So you can go over to uh, Marigo on the French side of the town and get an actual, you know, uh, patisserie uh, experience all on the same island trip. And they, they speak French. They take euros. Uh, the food is quite good. And then, of course, you can have the local island cuisine as well. But you get sort of terrifying Dutch side airlines. Uh, you know French cuisine, and then you can go do your regular beach stuff too. Okay. It's sort of a it's sort of a fun island. The U.S. Virgin Islands is is a, is a is also fun because number one they take dollars, so you don't have to do any current currency conversion. Um, but number two, um, your your cell phone uh, if you're in the U.S. your cell phone works, and you know you can walk around a little bit more. At least I, I felt like I could walk around more neighborhoods in St. Thomas than I would probably have done in uh, Nassau. Uh-huh. And that, and so that wasn't bad. And we walked for four or five hours in uh, on St. Thomas. Wow. Okay. So um, yeah, it does sound very different to the uh, c- to the other. Going side. back to Nassau. Mm-hmm. Um, for my honeymoon, I decided to go to Atlantis. Oh, okay. So that's where it's the most popular uh, set of shore excursions in yeah in Nassau. Yep. And when I sort of saw the price of that shore excursion to go to there, I was like, yeah. really? Would you spend that much money to go there? I but did then, it once for the book. <laughs> I would never do it again. But we I'm actually say it in the book. I would. I would never do it again. Yeah, no. I, I, when I when I go to Disney World, I'm sort of escaping reality. You know, it's it's a fake environment. You know, it's not real world. Mm-hmm. And then when you land at the Bahamas in an airplane, and then you get on your little bus where you too many people are squashed into it, right. and you get to yeah, then go through the town, and then you eventually get to the hotel. You then enter that fake world again. Yeah. But when sort of Disney docking their boat at Nassau, all I'm picturing is it's it's very basic. And in the distance, you're going to see Atlantis. And I can see the appeal of, of leaving that area to go over there, but it's a lot of money. Mm, it is. Expensive, yeah. for, for what yes. is there as well. I don't think I've spoken it's, to anyone who's done that excursion who's gone back and said that it's well worth the money they spent on it. We uh, we see in the book that um, it, it, we, we, did, we did the dolphin excursion at uh, at. Atlantis, which is, I think, I think it's actually Disney Cruise Line's most popular shore excursion, the yeah. dolphin experience. And, you know, it was fun for what it was. The kids enjoyed seeing the dolphins and interacting. But, you know, in the end, if I go back and look at the video, we each had maybe by ourselves maybe 90 seconds of time each yeah. with the dolphin. And for that kind of money, we could have added on a day onto our trip and gone to Discovery Cove. Yeah. 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 It's very true. And that, and we actually said that in the book. It's if you know, if you're, if you really want to do a dolphin thing, and you're willing to spend, you know, a thousand dollars, so seven hundred pounds, whatever, um, seven hundred fifty pounds, the the thing to do is Discovery Cove because number one, it's an all day experience, and you get you know hours in the water with dolphins, uh, but they also feed you more, and uh, I think you get an annual pass or a pass that's good for the next fourteen days or something. Yeah, that's right. For if you wanted to go back, so uh, much better deal there. 
I think it's part of what makes the guidebook good. If you know, if you're really that interested in it, here's a better way to spend the same amount of money. Yeah. So while we're talking about beaches and islands and uh, uh, places on the itinerary, I think we we have to talk about Castaway Key. Oh, it's the best island in the Caribbean. Oh, it's just. I mean, <laughs> really, no, I really believe really, this. No really offense is. to any uh, any every, any sovereignty. However, no, it really is. Honestly, it is possibly one of my favorite places in the world. <sighs> to just to spend a day on that island is phenomenal. Um, this is an island that Disney bought. Uh, it is um, solely for Disney. Uh, Cruise uh, guests, uh, all of uh, all of the the crew and uh, the cast members come onto the island. They set up shop there basically the day. You can get all of your food there, all of the entertainments there. There's even a kids club there. Uh, you've got beaches for adults only. You've got beaches for family. The teenagers have their own beach. You can have private cabanas, and you are literally in the middle of nowhere. So in the middle of nowhere, and this is one of my favourite things. I love watching this. That as you leave, you see most of the the, the cast members who come and work on the island from far and wide who literally commute to work and back on a jet ski okay that's how (laughs) in the middle of nowhere we are with this um you know i can't speak highly enough of of this place of castaway key and just how amazing it is And, and for me you know a disney cruise line is worth its money just for a day at castaway key um, and, and that's what we did last time. We didn't get off at Nassau. It was worth it just for enjoying the ship and going to Castaway Key. Um, I think one of the, um, one of my favourite experiences, and the one thing that we always do, is actually an experience that you do completely by yourself. And I think you mentioned this in the book as one of your sort of their best bangs for your book. I think, which is the hire of um, snorkel gear. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, you can you hire a mask flipper and like a life vest. Uh, and you get to keep them all day. You get to keep them all day. It's like, I want to say about $30 per adult and something yeah. like that. 29 yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, 30 it's a 29 per adult. There we go. And, and um, what we usually do is when we get on board credit, we usually use our on board credit to, to hire the snorkels and things like that. Um, and well, I don't want to sort of take over too much and say because obviously you guys are the expert on this you've done it so many times but um, it's something you can do as a family because you've got that life vest I enjoyed a good two hours out in the water with, with my oh, seven year old and it's uh, exhausting isn't it it is I absolutely mean... exhausting especially when you've got a seven year old who seems to think that his idea of snorkeling is holding onto your life vest and letting you pull him away <laughs> <laughs> um, taking the kids for a drag yeah, so, yeah yep. come on let's give him a drag and, oh, and, and having to listen to him uh, try and speak to you through a snorkel and trying to decipher what it is you seen in the water and what he's trying to explain to you but just going out in the water for two hours and finding all of those bits and pieces you go right out to there's loads of boys that float in the water and you can go out to each boy and you look down and there's some sort of artifact in the water way out we managed to find the um the uh, 20,000 league submarine um and there's a another ship that's sunk and all sorts of stuff it's just one of the most magical things to do uh, as well as everything else sorry Aaron, you were going to say something oh no that that it it took my kids a little while to figure out how to breathe with the snorkel so yes. it's nice that they give it to you for a while so that yes. you can you know get get the hang of it and practice and um my kids particularly like taking a um a waterproof camera out and yes. trying to capture shots um in in the, in the ocean like that um there's a lot of other stuff that goes on on the island. Do you want to kind of explain between you a lot of the other things? Because they do excursions on the island as well. There's sort of other things that you can enjoy while you're actually at Castaway Key. Aaron's done a parasailing. Parasailing, yeah, which was which was <laughs> lovely and and actually much uh, much cheaper than doing it at Walt Disney World because you can you can do it over Bay Lake. Um, and so I went up with my. Uh, 
daughter who was uh, 16 at the time, we went up as a tandem and we were flying 700 feet over the ship, um, which was which was great fun. Um, and there were also, you know, sort of jet ski excursions. I did a glass bottom boat um, uh, fish feeding thing where they, you know, they take you 10 minutes out and they give you little cups of oatmeal and, and the fish swarm around and you can, Th- you can this see is, them feeding. This, this is my tip for... Um... For snorkeling too, bring bring the oatmeal and have that fish swim around you while, or swim around you while you. Uh, it's terrifying. Actually, I shouldn't do it. I was going to say, well, I was about to ask if they let you do. That. But they um, don't know. I, yeah, I was like, go swim with them some mushed up tuna, some blue yeah. trails. <laughs> Hang on, isn't that isn't that classed as cannibalism? I'm not quite sure. Um, there's also, you know, biking and, um, there's a Castaway Key, f- uh, 5k run is, you can do. What that is all about. What is that all about? Come on, <laughs> let's go to our warm Bahamian Island and at 8am, come and run 5k. I don't, I, I'm sorry, I just don't get it. I, I honestly, I'm not a runner. You can probably tell by my size. I'm not a runner. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, you know, so you've been sort of bottled up. It's a, uh, you know, on the ship and, and the ships are big, but yeah. there's, you know, for the, for people who really want to stretch the legs, actually they, they've got a running track. On the ship, and I've I've run as many as ten miles on a wow. Disney ship. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of laps, but uh, but it's a chance to get out sort of in uh, and stretch your legs. The thing that that's great about it is well, two things. One is you're running with an island breeze, which right. is fantastic, and two, the smell of the ocean and the water and the sand and the plants is just not something you're going to get, you know, going out of your flat in london on a daily basis it's just completely different so also uh, it's but, free right yeah but it does it's, it's free you have to sign up now in advance it, it used to be you could just show up program. literally day of now you've got to sign up because it's so popular it's but still uh, this thing called running though which is which is my problem with it uh, you could walk it when i'm not in shape I've, I've walked it before but it uh the other thing too is it's it's hot i mean it's yeah, like it's, 30 celsius yeah it really is. Uh, you know, and but they've got water stops every like every kilometer. I mean, okay. every so it's, uh, in fact, probably more than that because there's a couple on the trail, and it, but it's a great way to see the island very very fast. And the great the great thing is this is my this is actually what I do. So you're the first ones on the island are the people who are running the 5K. So you sort of get a jump on everyone else, and by the time you're done, let's say you're done in you know 20 minutes, 25, 30 minutes or so. I immediately go get snorkel gear, and since right. I'm all already already all sweaty and everything, I just go snorkeling for a little bit to cool off. Yeah. And by the time I'm done snorkeling, you know, an hour or two hours later, it's lunchtime, and where I've you know, so I've I've swum and I've I've ran, I'm starving at this point, right? So it's so uh, is this Lentester doing his own 5k triathlon? All you've got to do is eating. Then yeah, that would be. Then, <laughs> you just got to hire a bike. You, you have no guilt done. once you've done all that, and then you want to go eat, right? And then I'll then I'll usually sort of like waddle my way back to the to the water and sort of like unbeach myself and go snorkeling again, but at, at a much slower pace. It's uh yeah, the 5k is a lot of fun to do. It's uh again, you see most of the island. I think there's only like one unexplored bike trail that you. You don't get to see during okay. the five k, and you can you, you can bike it later. Although we can walk it as well. I right, let's, let's all just decamp, shall we, to Castaway Key now? I just I, I I've said that if you know, if I'm ever going to get stuck on an uh, uh, on an island during a hurricane, I would love for it to be Castaway Key so here, just to see what it's like. Here, I'd be interested to see what your take on this is. Oh, I, I, I'd love to see it. Are Disney ever going to build a DVC? DVC oh, please, Castaway Key. Could you imagine? <laughs> How amazing! So that I've be? heard. I've heard that they're they're actually considering. Um, you know, they, they, there there are times now where they've got all four ships yeah. in Caribbean yeah. at once, and there are instances where they run into scheduling difficulties. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, the Castaway Key is used essentially seven days a week. Yeah. Between the dream being there twice and the fantasy once, and depending on what the magic and the wonder are doing, it, yeah. it's it could be the other four days uh, of the week. But I've heard that there's a they, they've looked at building another version of Castaway Key on the opposite side of the island, uh-huh. so you'd have sort of like classic Castaway Key and new Castaway Key and the. The only thing that the, that they're waiting on to to do a DVC, it'd be you know very small, like twenty thirty yeah. units, is what would they do with your luggage in your room when you're not on the ship? Very good point. If they could figure that out, um, so you then go they could, out on your cruise, and then the twenty thirty people who stay in Castaway Key, the people who leave Castaway Key take right, your right, right, they could do that, right, yeah, but it would have to work out in terms of all the schedules, of right? Course, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you couldn't, you wouldn't want to like. You wouldn't want to uh, leave the fantasy and get on the wonder because that's not the same sort of that is true. experience. And they have to have the same number of rooms available and, and stuff like that. But wouldn't that be great? Oh, that would be amazing. Do you see? Imagine night at nighttime on Castaway Key. Well, oh. So I've, I've actually been there. Uh, the One of the last trips we did, we yeah, didn't night. leave until midnight. Oh, wow. Because I know they, they're the, last, the recent DVC members cruise, they actually did an overnight at Castaway Key, did they not? Oh, I haven't been. I haven't done it, but I've heard they've so. done it. That that just sounds fantastic yeah. to be on that island at night. How amazing would that be? Just be able to get oh. on and off. It's just oh, just be amazing. Oh, speaking, anyway, of, uh, <laughs> speaking of speaking of Castaway Alan, if you ever do get to go on a, a longer cruise, there yeah. are certain uh, five night cruises on the Dream, and I think on the Magic as well that do two stops at Castaway Key. Yes. All right. So the first one, you sort of get your bearings and figure out where everything's at. The second one, you know what you're doing and, and can do more. I do the 5K because you feel guilty for how much you've done. <laughs> the second time, yeah. Uh, walk up the first time, run the second time. I've got to say that, like, obviously, you've got the theme parks. You know where, where everything is. So yeah. you, although you pick your map up anyway, you don't really need it. Right. And that is one of the things that is not concerning me greatly. But like, as soon as I step on the boat, where, where am I going to go? Get off the ah, boat. Where it, am I mean, so go? you'll just take your first day and sort of walk around your first afternoon and walk around yeah. and see what's going on. No, um, Craig Duncan's been sort of trying to coach me through this. <laughs> he's <laughs> me, he's been he's saying, oh, you need an extra day, you need an extra day. But <laughs> yeah, I think you do, actually. You need an extra day. It, I've got to admit, I, I would have gone for more days, but it's it's down to, um, well, I'm taking my, my kid out of school, so all my oh. kids. Which is a big no-no in the yeah uh, in the community, you know, but find about a million pounds now for doing that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to really what the fine will be. Yeah, yeah, fine. You could find. Yeah, for yes. cool. Yeah, there's there's some districts here in the US that fine as well. I think wow. is it is it sixty pounds per uh, child per, per day per adult? Yeah, something like that. Anyway, yeah, something like that. But it still works out that if you take your child out of school and you get fined, it works out cheaper than if you have taken them uh, during vacation season. So. Yeah, it work. but we've had many conversations about this anyway. We're not going to even yeah. get onto this. Well, I don't want to go into it. It's further. Uh, um, oh, I'm trying to think. We've got a couple of other questions. We've answered a few of them without asking them. Um, yeah. Oh, one uh, one person said, "I know the answer to this, but we'll ask it anyway." Vicky said, "I've been on the Royal Caribbean before. Someone I know has been on the Disney ship. Says everything is included. Is this true? It's pretty much it's everything. A, yeah, food, so, drink wise, except for alcohol." Yeah, drink, and the big thing with uh, with Royal Caribbean is uh, soda is not included. Um, and juices uh, aren't included on the Royal Caribbean package. And I think it works out to be about $20 per person per day, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, it's expensive. Um, but in Disney, they're, they're, 
No, no, no. Well, here's the thing. So they, they tell you that they, they give you sort of a, well, you know, those resort refillable mugs that you get at Disney World. They give you one of those for the cruise, mm-hmm. right? So all the, all the machines are, are act, or most of the machines are activated by a, by a chip or something, or they, there's somebody there to make sure that you're using the right uh, cup. Yeah. We were on Royal Caribbean a couple months ago, and I think my daughter during lunch one time wanted a soda and asked someone how she could buy a single soda. And this actually happened a couple of times. Yeah. And the the cast members that were working Royal Caribbean actually just gave her the soda rather than charge her, you know, for yeah, one yeah, yeah. Coke. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna, you know, so they're not they're not super strict about it. Okay. Um, but Disney, it's, it's all inclusive. Now I will say that. Um, so both of the both Disney and Royal Caribbean have premium coffee bars. Yeah. It's the Cove Cafe on on all the Disney ships, right. and you can get espresso and macchiato, and they also have drinks and uh, alcohol and wine. Um, and on Royal Caribbean, it's Starbucks. Okay. But the standard coffee on uh, Royal Caribbean is Seattle's Best, which is what they serve at McDonald's, and I think it's actually a decent cup of coffee, yeah. way better than what. Disney had yeah. with Nescafe on the yeah. ship, although they've switched now to, to uh, Joffrey's, right? Yeah, they have, yeah. 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 So I think the coffee is actually better on Royal Caribbean, but I think the drink packages are better on Disney. Again, the, I mean, Disney's, sometimes Disney is like 40 to 80% more expensive. The way that we looked at it with Royal Caribbean was even if we bought the soda package, which we didn't, but even if we had, we still would have saved several thousand dollars on the wow. exact same itinerary with the exact same ports <laughs> with the exact same cabins. Wow. Is, is going on Disney. So, uh, so yeah. Wow. I didn't realize it would be saving that much money. Some, sometimes. So, uh, so next year, actually, I, I tweeted this out earlier. Next year, I was looking at uh, sample itineraries, summer itineraries, seven nights on the fantasy. It was around, for two, for two cabins, it was around uh, $8,000, $8,400 on Disney. It was $2,200. So one, almost a quarter of the cost oh, on, uh, on Royal. Yeah. Wow. It's it's absolutely crazy and the, the costs come down to it because I know that I've been having discussions with them just um, on the on Skype recently, and he's he hasn't gone to Disney for a few years, and this year he's gone on four different holidays for the same as what it costs for my deposit for this holiday to go to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like absolutely crazy. Just as far in expensive hobbies. But, you know, (laughs) in my justification, I go, oh, yes, well, I'm paying for the quality and I know that I'm going to experience everything that I enjoy and it's going to be fantastic. It will. I mean, and I got to say, the ships, the ships are prettier. The Disney ships are prettier. They're they're different, but they're prettier. The bars are better on Disney. The kids clubs are better on Disney. I think the food is, is slightly better on Disney. Um so you, you do get it for the money, whether it's worth, you know, three times the price or four times the price. Probably not. But, you know, if it was like Mediterranean cruises are typically they're Disney's within 10 or 20 percent. Yeah, I can totally see it that right. I can see paying for that. Um, yeah, although I wish they would do it on a bigger ship. Knowing um, some of the cruise ships and uh, entertainment ships that we get over here and having been on several of the British ones, you know, they do not touch Disney. Nowhere near. Yeah. Not even slightly. In Alaska, I think they're fairly competitive on Alaska prices as right. well. Okay. Um, this one that Aaron's going on though for the Norwegian, I mean, that's just oh, it's just crazy. And that's, that's one of us is going to sell a spleen for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, the thing yeah. is, having um, plus I've, plus the airfare is not not so cheap for us either. Yeah, you know? yeah it's true. Well, I've yeah. done that. The itinerary that they're doing with the uh, the Norwegian one, I've done a, the majority of those on a different cruise ship. Admittedly, it was an English cruise ship, and it was um, a cruise ship company who basically it's for people who, who are close to leaving this earth rather than for younger people. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, too rude. Um, but um, they were, 
I, I probably paid a quarter of the price for all of us to do that one than I, I am doing yeah. the Disney ship. Now, you know, you can't compare the ships in the slightest because they're nothing like each other. But, um, you know, it, when we looked at it and saw how expensive it was, it, it was immediately, no, it's not happening. Not that. No way in a million years. It's too much money. I like no. the ports. I mean, uh, yeah. we did a, we did a, uh, we did a, a, a walking tour right up for Oslo because I've been there and I really like Oslo. Um, and some of the other places look absolutely beautiful. The uh, the overnight in uh, Reykjavik, yeah, Iceland looks fascinating. Yeah. I think Aaron, you should find a rave for the kids to go to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. It's, it's, it's in the summer, so the 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 sun's going to be up. For it, it'll be light. Yeah. yeah it'll be light. It'll be light. Oh, yeah. Nice. Take my fifteen year old kids. Just go. Come back how later. Much, you know? How much trouble can you get into in Iceland? Not that. Much. That is true. That's a very fair. Point. I think I think you should let, turn the kids loose and say, "I'll see you back here tomorrow." All right. Do yeah. Done. Well, sounds like go. a plan. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound convinced. <laughs> He's just sinking a little bit. Um, uh, we have run out of time. We've oh, I can't believe we've actually. Oh, to be honest, we've only really scratched the surface when it comes to Disney cruise ships. We've not even talked about uh, anything to do with entertainment. We've not even talked about any of the restaurants. You know, we could we could be we could do a week on the Disney cruise line and still not get to everything. But, Can I squeeze um, one thing in? Yeah, go on. Squeeze one thing in. And this has been sort of worrying me a little bit. And it's tipping. Right. Now, I've heard different situations on the tipping. One is you've got to give X person X amount of dollars per day per person, etc. Yeah. And then yeah, I've also heard that... that and then I've heard that at the end of the holiday, they come along with an envelope and it's all... It's like a bill that you just put your money into it. How does uh, it work? So so it, it works like this, and Aaron, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, mm-hmm. uh, but Disney will... Uh, charge you for your gratuities ahead of time, and at the yeah. the night before your cruise, or two nights before the end, two nights before the end of your cruise, they'll essentially print out little slips which represent the gratuity that you've already prepaid for, and you slip those into the envelope. Yeah, right. it, they're okay. not. They're just, so there's not a second charge. Um, charge now. No. Yeah. So if you, you if can, you go ahead, or. you can you can add more. I mean, Alan, I think one yeah. of the things that you'll see on these cruises, is especially your stateroom attendant, the person that you see every day, several oh, times a day, yeah. that is the hardest working person on the ship. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it will become immediately evident to you that a they they probably work sixteen or eighteen hour days. B you would never want that job. Yeah. Um. So the and the gratuities are really, uh, really reasonable. Yeah. Uh, in fact, That's- we usually tip more. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That 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 I was actually the first time I did it, shocked at how reasonable the the prices mm. for the the tips yeah. were. Um, and and because you get such personal service, you really you really understand what these people are doing and how hard they're working. So it it does not feel like an imposition to to me anyway. It's very true. Yeah, it's very yeah, true. Because because of being over in the UK, we we don't tip people as much as it seems to different. do with the stateside. Yeah. And like I know that when I've been on holiday the first time and you're reading in your Florida books and says, oh, you've got to tip all these people, I found that as soon as I came in from the aeroplane, I would just hand money out left, right, and center. Thank you very much. Really? When, you know, when, when are you arriving, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might pick you up. You're just going to say hi to me. There it is. Yeah. But it is, it's, it's, uh, it's true. Yeah, it's, it's not much. I think it, I think it works out to be total. Was it about twelve dollars per person per day? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I was going to say less than yeah. fifteen, definitely. That. Yeah. So you're talking yeah. about like nine pounds? I mean, nine quid. Okay. Come on. And it's yeah, really easy as well um, to to either up or if you've really had terrible service, which is very unlikely to decrease the tip if you need to. I, I don't, you can yeah, either I don't do even that. Know that. Yeah. You can either yeah. decrease or increase, and it's so easy. You just literally go to guest relations and say, "I've got this amount of tip. Can I change this?" And then they'll just print you another slip out. You can put yeah, it in your no question. Yeah. Really now at, uh, at restaurants, um, again in the US, you, we typically we tip for things. So yeah. the uh, the cruises are a bit different there because, like for Paulo, for example. Or for uh, sorry, yeah, for Paulo, it's it's twenty five dollars, 
Apollo, um, but that's an upcharge. So uh, if you're and the, and the gratuity is automatically 15 percent, yeah, uh, is added. But that would be that's only like a two or three dollar tip, three dollars, maybe four dollars, something like that. Whereas for a similar restaurant in the U.S., your your tip alone could be twenty dollars. Oh, yeah, it's worth twenty five dollars. So three. So you have to you have to actually calculate that a, a bit differently. Um, uh, and I think we we cover this in the book. But for for Apollo, if you're just eating the standard $25 per person meal, yeah. you know, a, a tip of, in that case, you know, $20 is probably, yeah, or $25 is probably more reasonable there. It's, it's worth $25. Just because the bill doesn't reflect the, the, the actual cost of the meal. It's yeah. worth $25 three times over uh, for yeah. the meal at, at Power. It's amazing. Um, well, as I say, that is it. Well, you know, we, we could talk and talk and talk about Disney Cruise Line, but we don't sadly have the time. Uh, but uh, I've of course, Aaron and Len have been on the cruise line many, many times. We've always said, and we've joked about how many times they've been on that. But it's because they are the uh, the authors of the unofficial guide to Disney Cruise Line, along with Laurel. Um, and you can still get hold of that. Uh, it's over on Amazon, best place to get it if you're in the UK. Not only can you get it in paperback, currently on at £9, you can even get it for Kindle as well, which is what I've got it for, because then you can take it with you without having to have another paperback with you, and you can use it when you're on the cruise ship and stuff. But I recommend it highly. It's about 350-odd pages, I believe, uh, of well worth information to read through and have a look through so do do that and that's that edition that's out now is up until you say next year uh so we'll be uh we'll be the new edition will be out in december 15th there we go so december 15th so you've got the new edition coming out december 15th but if you're going before then go and grab a copy and uh it's well worth having something that's impartial and full of more information you will ever need so thank you very much uh, len and laurel and uh, erin for joining us Thanks so much for having us. Thanks, Adam. Um, Thanks, Alan. And we will uh, we will no doubt speak to you again. Fantastic. Thanks for having us. Great. Thank you. Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. the best kept Disney World and Universal Studios vacation secret. Did you know that anyone can rent a sweet ride and truly get around fast with your pass inside the theme parks? Mom, tell them. Well, Scooter Vacations makes it fun all day long. You or someone you love deserves a best way to see everything. So why not relax and enjoy a true express ride with your pass? Scooter Vacations can arrange it and even deliver it to you. Get around the fun way, have as much fun getting from ride to ride as being on the ride. They fit on buses, boats, and monorails, and some can fit in a car trunk. Upgrade your experience and scoot everywhere. Contact Scooter Vacations at 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. That's 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. Or on the web at scootorlando.com. That's S-C-O-O-T Orlando.com. S-C-O-O-T Orlando.com Right, so we are continuing to talk Disney Cruise Line. Uh, We've just spoken to Len and Erin, and now Alex, you are our resident Disney Cruise Line Kids Club expert, as you are the only one out of any of us that have ever been uh, in there. So Alan wanted to know sort of a little bit more really to do with uh, the Kids Club. So Alan, what exactly was it you wanted to speak to Alex about? If if you've ever sort of done a bit of research into the Disney Kids Clubs, there's 
information about what is in there, as in these are the four different rooms, these yes. are the age groups, etc. Yeah. But they never really talk about what the actual events are, what the activities are. Right, okay. And you can go onto YouTube and you can see videos about the Disney Cruise, you can see Disney Cruise Entertainment, you can see the shows, you can see everything, but you can never see what is actually happening in those kids' clubs. And, of course, I understand the reason why Disney wants to restrict that information. Yeah. As in, they don't want to just send video cameras in filming kids running around. <laughs> but for parents, it would be useful for me to find out what my kids are going to be up to, to try and prepare them for it. So which ones have you actually been into, Alex, of, of the different clubs? I went into... Obviously, I didn't do the Small World Nursery, no. because I'm not that small. No, that's not. <laughs> But I did the Oceaneers Club and Lab, yeah, and yeah. I did the Edge, the te- the tween the, the one. The tween one, okay. So do you want to start off with Oceaneers Lab and Club then? So they're for people aged, uh, I want to say, 4 to uh, Well, it's 4 to 11. 4 to 11, there we go. But if you've got like a sibling in there, they let you go to like 12. Right, okay. Right. Fair enough. And all of the activities are kind of based around Disney characters and Disney movies, is that right? Yeah. So which ones? They're you... all in the navigator every morning. Okay. So you like have to go through and highlight the ones you want to do and be there on on time and stuff. Because there's a lot of stuff. There's probably more in there than you never have time to do, isn't there? Yeah. So what activities do you kind of remember from doing in the lab and the club? My favourite one was the slippy sloppy science. Now is that where you make flubber? Yeah. Right. So do you want to explain a little bit about this? Because obviously you say science to some kids and they go, "Ugh, sounds like learning." Yeah. So what, what do they do? So you go in and they've got like a kitchen area where they do the lunches and dinners. Yeah. And they like put all mats on the tables and give you rubber gloves and stuff. And a lady comes in with bright green hair yeah. and like science glasses on. Yeah. And a lab coat. And she comes mm-hmm. in and she speaks in a super, super high pitched voice. And she like falls over and stuff and has all this big fancy theme tune. And she does, like, all different experiments with you. Like, she, she does making flubber. She does making snow. Right. That's cool. Um, volcanoes. Yeah. And she does the egg one where you put the egg in the container and you have to make sure it doesn't break. Right, okay. Yeah. I don't know that one. So, so they're sort of... They do more than... Because obviously only... I've seen a photograph of them making the flubber. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is obviously a, a press shot. And so it sounds though you do a lot more than that in that session. Is that right? No, you, there's lots of different ones over the week. All right, okay. So I, th- I think they're probably about like four to five minutes long. Like they're not very long. All right. But you do one activity each time. And there's probably like if you were on like a three-day cruise, mm-hmm. throughout the whole three days, they would do at least one of each. Yeah, right, okay. But if you're on a week-long cruise, sometimes they do up to two of each. So if you miss one, it's not the end of the world. Right, okay. So they they, they kind of repeat some of them as you go through. Yeah. But on the Navigator, it doesn't actually tell you what one they're doing. Right, okay. Okay. So you have to actually ask one of the cast members in the club. Right. And and they'll tell you. Okay. Yeah. So that's the sciencey one that you remember. What what happens to the flubber, by the way, once you're finished with it? I think you get to take it home, but you have to put it in a little bag. Right. And you only get a little bit, and you put it in a little Ziploc bag, and you get to take it back to your cabin with you. I was going to say, when you try to bring it back into the UK, will their <laughs> customs panic over that one? Yeah, imagine that one. <laughs> what, what is this? Green, uh, it's a green group. Um, so that's the science one. They do cookery, don't they, as well? 
cookies. Sure. Yeah, cookies, that's, there we go. So, you go in same kitchen space. Yeah. And you mix all your chocolate chip cookies up, but if you're like, don't have the cookie, chocolate, you don't have to do chocolate chip ones. And then they put all your mixture in a massive bowl and they take mm. it off to Mickey's super oven and they cook it all in like a minute yeah. and bring back a batch of cookies for you. There you go. That, you've that is made. technology. Look at that, it's amazing. <laughs> How quick. But that. it's not actually uh, one you made, but you know, yeah, it's Mickey's yeah. super oven. Guy, it's spoiling the magic. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I just have to let you know. cry because you've just said that. There's <laughs> crying. Um, so there's, there's cook. They kind of they they, very rightly they kind of put them all into groups. Then you have your science, then you have your creativity, creative yeah. ones, and you, they've got little like color coded on the right. They're all navigator um, as you go through, and they tell you what they all are. So you've got like there's there's in the spotlight series, the solve it series, the create and invent series, the jump up series, the clubhouse series, and the storybook series, and they all link to different things. Yeah, um, they do game shows as well, don't they? Is that right? Oh yeah, they do like. Um... Um, sing it and stuff on the big screens. Okay. And they're really good fun. Just and like they karaoke. do an open mic night where you go up and tell jokes. Okay. But be careful because if you're English, they don't understand your jokes. Ah. <laughs> so just stay out of it. I tried and I told a joke about Smarties and literally like three people laughed. Because nobody else jokes? understood. If you've been telling your dad's jokes, it's because they're not funny anyway. <laughs> um, okay, so they have, and I think they did the. They do so much stuff. It's unreal. I know, yeah. Alan, you were worried, weren't you, about this idea of whether or not it was going to be, they were going to get bored, whether it wasn't going to be enough for them. Yeah, yeah that's like, well. Like my, my daughter, she's she's quite a, a shy person. Well, I say my daughter, I've got two daughters. Abigail, she, she'll go for it. She'll have fun. She'll yeah. mix with anyone. She'll take part in anything. Imogen, she likes to stay close to me. And I'm like, well, today I was at a roller disco with her and I had to run around the entire roller rink <laughs> doing laps while she was holding my hand and I couldn't get her to just go, just yeah. just go and roller skate. She can do it and all that, but she just lacks the confidence. Yeah. So it's, it's more about trying to sort of prepare her for, right, okay, well, you may go to the kids' club one day or half a day or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, what sort of things are you, you going to do and sort of how, how is she going to, how is she going to integrate with it is... Is she going to be going in and she's going to be feeling like she's left out? or? Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to need to worry about that. That's, I think, you know, what's your experience of the cast members in the Kids Club Alley? Oh, the youth counsellors are absolutely amazing. So because they're all from different nationalities, yeah. like there's British ones in there, there's South African ones in there. Like mm-hmm. there's literally, I got to know some of the counsellors better than some of the other children. Right. <laughs> Like, there was one girl, she was called Liesel, and she was from South Africa, and every day I went in there, she'd say hello to me, she'd come over, we'd do all the arts and crafts together, and she was, like, my counsellor. It was really cool. And then at the end of it, she gave us all little badges and certificates and stuff. Okay. So that's yeah. Cool. And I think, it's, well, you know, they're in constant contact with your, with parents and things, aren't they? I know you're slightly older, so you could check yeah. yourself in and out, couldn't you? Yeah. But then um, you, you can give your children, like, permission to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so that was all good. You won't want to do that, Alan. No, no, no. (laughs) It just appears. (laughs) Have you gone out? Uh, And they're all done through Magic Bands as well. Um, The one I remember that that Harry did was called the Piston Cup Challenge. 
Uh, where oh, they, uh, I think Kieran probably would have done yeah, that. Yeah, Kieran would most probably have done it, I think. Where they had to basically design their own race car and they had to race it down a ramp to see who could uh, to get it down the faster fastest. And it was, I think, Harry and another English boy against two American lads. And um, I think Harry had done it recently at school, something to do with cars and forces and something. So he knew what he was doing. And they ended up winning and they got Piston Cup winners' hats and all that sort of stuff, like baseball caps for winning, which is one of the things that he did while he was there, which was cool. So they do it all properly uh, with regards to the lab and the club. Uh, now, I know it doesn't affect Alan because your children aren't old enough, but do you want to tell us a little bit about your experience of the edge? Well, it was really... it was It's quite cool because of where it is, so it's, like, sort of really private. Yeah. Because you go up in the funnel thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it was quite boring. Right, okay. Because <laughs> unless you know someone that's there... Yeah. It's, you're sort of... It's a bit more lonely than the kids' club. So it's a bit more of a hangout rather than like, yeah. a lot of organisations. They do activities. like ice cream socials and stuff, and you get ice cream, you go up and sit there. But they do all like um, the game Apples and Apples. Right. And games like that up there. And they're, they're good fun, and you talk to the other people. But because there's only a couple of counsellors up there, yeah. and it's just, it's not as social. Like, no, it is, it's more social, but it's not, I don't know. Organised? Yeah. It's sort of just do what you want. Well, I'm just looking at an example itinerary here at the moment for The Edge, and uh, it tells me, so, youth activity, uh, open house was at 10 o'clock. Then you've got a craft corner that runs from 12 until 1, uh, and then there isn't anything. One thirty was a scavenger hunt until uh, 2.30, and then 3 o'clock was a spoons challenge, and then at 4.30 was gender wars, and then the youth activities open house starts again at 6 and that goes on, and then they have a sports deck fun, they have aqueduct fun, scavenger hunt, fireworks in the evening because it was a pirate's night. So, yeah, a lot of it is kind of like stuff you can come and join in with and have a go at, and there was the odd like little game show thing here and there. But it just looked like with The Edge, it's not as constant as it is with the kids' club. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah. Okay. The, the, they have some cooler facilities and stuff in there, though, if you're older. Yeah. So they've got, like, a karaoke, and you read the Disney News... With a green screen. Oh, okay. And that was really cool. So they have... So it's a lot more chilled out if you're... Yeah. But the open house was really good because Kieran was too young. Yeah. But he could come along in the open house, so it meant that I get... I got to go. Right. But I didn't leave Kieran elsewhere. Right, okay. All right. Now, have you done any other cruises other than Disney? Disney's the only one you've done, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I didn't know whether you've done any others and whether you can compare them to other kids' clubs and other cruise ships. But, um... What would you say then that is one of the best things about the Disney cruise ships kids clubs? For you, what is it the one thing that really stands out? Um how helpful everyone is. Okay. So you literally you can talk to absolutely anyone there and they're all so nice. Right. There's not like a shouty person there and even the kids <laughs> like if someone does something wrong or doesn't give you their turn or whatever, yeah. like they're really nice. Yeah. And not like not like that would matter for me, but little boys, mm-hmm. they get all like fighty and stuff if oh it's my turn on the video games. Yeah. But it that doesn't happen. Because there's so much yeah. going on, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's good. There you go. So um that's a little bit of information in regards to kids' clubs, you know. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else, Alan, you wanted to ask, anything else you wanted to know. Um well not directly just about the kids' clubs, but what would you say was your favourite bit about the whole cruise? Is it bad if I say the food? No. No, no, no. Uh, well, I would I would actually say the food. 
Girl after your dad's heart. That's what I like. No, but only if it's your first time. If it's like your fourth time cruising, yeah, mm-hmm. then the food's not very nice because it doesn't change. <laughs> right, okay. Oh, so it's like you're eating the form. same thing. Yeah, okay. Whereas yeah. if you're first time, it's like, oh, I want everything. And then, That yeah. is true. And the good thing so is... So it was really cool. On the first night, I really wanted custard. I just have this thing with custard. Okay, I don't know if that anyone else does, but anyway. And I asked the waiter, like, do you want to do any custard? And they said, no, 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 but the next night we will. And so the next night they brought me up three different custards that the nice. chef had made for me. <laughs> Look at that, that's what you want. Alan, when you go on a cruise, you've got to come up with, I really fancy a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> and see if they can produce one for the next evening. Request of an off-menu. Yeah, completely off-menu, something really bizarre. So what happens. Hmm. Well, thank you very much, Alex. Um, there's some food for thought, particularly, and you know, I, from my experience as a parent, I, you know, would trust the Disney uh, youth counsellors with with Harry 100%. You know, they're brilliant. In fact, they were so good with him, and he enjoyed the kids' club so much. When we went on the 12 night med cruise last, not last year before, there were a couple of times we actually got off the ship and went and explored the city we'd gone into and left him on the ship because we were that happy with what was going on there, and we had no worries about them looking after him and any problems and things like that. So they will be in absolutely fine hands when they go. No, no doubt about. It. Um, you asked a couple of questions on Facebook, didn't you? Yes. Should we uh, um, go over those about those questions you ask people on Facebook? Yeah, I think I think sounds good time to do it. Yes, I think so. Just before we move on to tomorrow's child, I'm just I'm just trying to find them at the moment. They're right below. I would guess all of the millions of different uh, polls that are up there now. Well, I've just, uh, I just found something else. So I was I was doing. I know this is segueing off the topic. Yes. I was doing some work outside the Sunland Empire. Oh, and of course I, you are. Yeah. And I, I changed the signs at a promotion part that they do. Yeah. And right by the exit door, the fire exit door, where they put all the costumes, yeah. I found this length of fake grass. Yes. I, well, I think I know what it is, but go on. And, well, I, asked, I put it on Facebook, and I think I found part of a, um, a headdress from The Lion King. Yeah, I think it is one of the... There's a point where they come out with these trays on the head with grass on to make them look like a, a savannah in the breeze and I think that's part of the savannah in the breeze so there we go so uh, I, was, I might frame it up and say that it's part of a savannah headdress yeah do it right so uh, have you been on a Disney cruise yet what was your favourite part was the first question you asked I um, still can't find that one yes and it's got to be the ship's horn apparently Peter Handlin says this is the best bit um, what's uh, Christoph said what's there not to like you do it once and you keep on going back Jade said been twice can't decide what's best the amazing food sailor away party or the way you're welcome onto the boat uh, Claire Berry says just did our first cruise and have to say concierge was amazing Jim Greenhouse says the pirates night is fantastic I love to uh, I too love hearing the ship's horn when departing the port the new release 3D movies are great to see the Broadway caliber stage shows are a must see and Kim Goodwin said um Loved our cruise. I love the overall atmosphere of everything. Feel like a VIP all the time. From all the small details to the grand decor, I can safely say on any cruise on a Disney ship is magical, and we certainly have caught the Disney cruise bug. Roll on 2015. So that was the mm-hmm. people who said that they really enjoyed it. If we go to um, your other question was, looking at a different way, let's look at uh, the cruise a different way. You've never wanted to do a Disney cruise. What is it makes you that does not want to try? Someone put sinking seasickness and falling overboard oh my um, gosh oh yeah. my gosh oh my gosh go on okay you did all three yeah. no 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 so i was really really scared about our going on our first one because of sinking yeah mm-hmm. and the concordia had just gone over that's right 
So I was literally so paranoid and I didn't want to go or anything. Um, um, we got in contact, my dad got in contact with the CEO of Disney Cruise Line. Mm-hmm. And he rang me up personally, asked to speak to me. Wow. And literally talked to me for about half an hour about how safe his cruise ships are. Literally, wow. it was so it was so cool, and he was telling me all about how safety is literally the number one priority, and that's why they have all the like you have to the mandatory lifeboat drills. There you go, and everything. So that is not a fear. So don't worry about that. I was, I was going to say because if you do have a paranoia about sinking or the boat going down or whatever, the first thing that you do when you get on board is you test on your life jackets. Yeah, you know where they are. They're in your room, so it's you like, know where they can find them. Why, why do we need these? Yeah, it's true. Well, no, you don't anymore. On a Disney cruise ship, you don't touch your life jacket. You just have to go to the station that you know you need to go to, and you don't have to touch your life jacket at all. Oh, wow. There you go. So most cruise ships, I believe, are doing the same thing now. But you don't have to touch them at all. So there you go. Someone said, going on a cruise next year, my parents tried to convince them to do a Disney cruise, but we found it was too expensive compared with other cruise companies. Uh, someone else put expense, rather go back to Tokyo Disneyland. Uh, and someone else put Titanic? Question mark. There you go. So, um, it's, so it's sinking or costs? Cost. Um, I must admit, uh, we looked at the Mediterranean cruise for next year. Not the Med cruise, sorry. It's the one that goes to sort of... Um, Norway, just Russia, just Estonia, those sort of things. 12 night cruise it is. Uh, lowest grade cabin for three people, seven and a half thousand pounds. I'm like, that's not not even comparable because you can find, I think I managed to find a Royal Caribbean cruise that's doing almost an identical itinerary for three and a half. So yeah. you're looking at four thousand pounds more. Now I love Disney, you love Disney, we all love Disney, but I'm sorry, there's no way in a million years I'm paying four grand extra just to go on a Disney cruise ship. I'm just not doing it. And I think the problem is this time that a lot of those itineraries they've done are priced for the American market because they know that the Americans is something the Americans wouldn't have done before and would love to do and would pay money to do it, particularly yeah. with Disney. There's no way in a million years I'm touching Disney at that price, not a seven well, and a half grand. We men- we mentioned the topic with um, Len before. We did. Um, and he sort of priced up exact itineraries, and there was about a quarter of the price with someone else. That's right. Um, but obviously, you're pay, generally paying that money because you're getting your Disney quality and you're getting your Disney expectations. Exactly right. Um, but again, I looked at doing a cruise line with um, a cruise with you were on a Mediterranean one a couple of years ago. That's right, where? And I quickly priced it up for my me and my four kids, and I think it was getting on for about nine thousand pound for the two weeks. And I decided not to do it. No, it's silly money. It's, it's just not worth doing it for that particular price. Yeah. Right. Well, if you want to know any more about Disney Cruise Lines, please do contact us, radio at disneybrit.com. Of course, you can also join in with all the conversations over on Facebook uh, that's going on over there. But uh, I'm, I'm well aware that we are really running quite a long show this evening. So we are very, very quickly, uh, just to finish off the show, going to do our Tomorrow's Child. So... So tomorrow's child, a week, uh, two weeks ago, we asked you to send in audio of your children. And this uh, time, the topic was their favourite Disney movie. So we're going to go through and uh, we start off with Thomas Coulson. He's going to tell us what his favourite Disney movie is. My favourite film is up because they, they put balloons on the house and it goes so high. So up. Is his favourite Disney movie? Oh, that's so cute! I quite like Up for for a favourite Disney movie. You think that's cute? His younger brother William also told us what his favourite Disney movie was. My favourite world 
My teacher is Rosetta. Yes, I was it. We got Elsa and Anna win. There you go. His favourite is Frozen because it's got Anna and Elsa in it. There we go. Oh. I like that one. Oh. What's yours, Alex? My favourite Disney movie? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, we'll come back to you in a minute. Keep thinking. <laughs> oh, have a minute. Think. Ben said... I like Monsters University because Mike's so funny. I'd have been on the screen because Mummy and Daddy did. There we go. I think that was Ava joining in because I, I, I was not supposed to do it joining until hers, which is this one. Ava. I'd have Frozen because I love Elsa and Anna. So she's a Frozen fan, okay? So oh. she's like ben, Frozen. Likes, ben likes Monsters University. Uh, yeah, so... So he likes uh, two. So by the minute, Frozen's out beating everybody else. So it's uh, definitely the winner at the moment. Jake, I like Jake. That Jake goes for a classic. Okay, this is Jake's favourite. Okay then, Jake. Adam and Alan have got another question that they want me to ask you. You ready? Yeah. Okay. What is your favourite Disney movie, and why? My favourite Disney movie is Robin Hood because. I like his bone arrows and his hat. <laughs> That's good. And you like watching it, don't you? Yeah. Lots. We've seen it lots of times, haven't we? Yeah. Right go. then. Mine. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Go on, what's yours? Mine. If you're going for a classic... Yeah, you're going classic. It would have to be The Little Mermaid. Okay. But if we're not, it would be Hannah Montana the movie. Mm, right. Controversial that Hannah Montana. Like, why? Why not? Really? If you have the chance so, Hannah, to see Hannah Montana movie, watch it. So it is Miley literally Cyrus. the best movie you'll ever see. Miley Cyrus pre twerk. Okay. Yeah, right. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Is that the one where it's got the um, the guy that was in Coronation Street in it? I don't know. I don't I've know. Never, I've never subjected myself to Hannah Montana the movie, so I don't know. No, Adam, that's like a crime. No, it's not a crime. It really. It is, is. a crime. No. it's the um, cutest movie ever. I will have no, it on DVD and everything. If you mention Hannah Montana, it's like mention Hannah Montana. It's like mention Justin Bieber. They're just as bad. Oh my gosh, uh, no! Right. Okay, no. <laughs> okay, Abigail. Uh, right, Abigail's favorite movie is the following. My favorite Disney film is Lola, uh, <laughs> and I like cards. I like history. Her favourite movie is what? Lola? No, it's... Uh, I don't know why she... Well, first of all, she's not calling it the right name, but I'm going to let her off with that. Okay. Her favourite movie is Aurora. Oh, Aurora. Oh, I thought she said I Lola. Get it. I was it's, like, it's, why, is she, uh, why is she saying Lola? Aurora. Aurora. Okay. And then she likes cars. <laughs> and what? Why does she like cars? Because what she no, because oh Disney oh, film is uh, Lola right uh, and I like cards I like her dress and I like her hair and there we go likes her dress and likes her hair <coughs> oh just you just choke right I've got I've got two here for Imogen uh, which one am I playing first. Imogen Outtake. 
Well, both technically outtakes. Okay, I'm going to play Imogen It's, it's the background that you've got to listen right. to Imogen as well. Imogen Outtake, here we go. This is this one. My favourite Disney film is Frozen because I like the songs and my best song of Frozen is Let It Go. There we go. And Catherine made an appearance in the background, which was nice yeah. of her. So you thought you better do it again because Catherine made a noise. Yeah. So this is the retake. My favourite Disney film of Fro- is Frozen because I like the song and my best song of Frozen is Let It Go and Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Okay, so there's how we go in the background. Um, so, you know how we talked about how Harry didn't really give us much input into anything in the past and he just said something really quickly? Yeah. Uh, well, I asked him about his favourite movie and his reasons why. And I, I was surprised at the one he chose, I'll be honest. Um, and then listen to the um, the explanation of his favourite bit. And I'd love, if you can work out what he's talking about, please help me. My favourite movie is Disney Planes Fire and Rescue because... Um, they spray fires from the woods, and also they spray, and also it has fires, and also there's um, a plane where it throws one of them thingies down from the ground, and then it digs away, and also it saves <laughs> animals. Right. Wow. There you go. Answers on a postcard too. Um, so what's Harry's, the thingy that it drops from I the don't sky? Know, thingy that it drops from the sky, and then it on the ground, and then it saves stuff and animals. There we go. Um, <laughs> Planes too, fire and rescue. Who'd have thought it? I was, I was thought he was going home on the range, to be honest. And then he, really? he threw it, yeah, because he loves home on the range. Uh, but then he threw me in a curveball with planes too, fire and rescue. So there you Excellent. Go. So that was a, that was. And he knows his films, by the way. And clearly, he knows his films. Clearly, yep. he knows his films. Uh, right. Do you want to explain a little bit about what you want to do with our next tomorrow's child that's coming up in a couple of weeks' time? Yep. No problem. Well, what I'm going to ask for this time is two pieces. <gasps> Now, the first piece is for a future project, which we don't want to tell you too much about, but um, it will be in the future. So that piece <laughs> is... Right, go on. We would like Cryptic. your child to describe a film. A Disney so, film. A Disney film. So a bit like how Harry was describing um, planes <laughs> there. Without really describing it, yeah. Yeah. We would like your child to describe the, f- the film and also... You can put in the email that is attached to it what the actual title is. It now are they allowed to mention any of the characters' names, or do they have to t- sort of tell the storyline and where it's set? Well, well, we'll take it as it comes. Oh, okay. If, if, for example, I don't know, say your child was describing the Little Mermaid, and the first line was, "Well, the Little Mermaid does this," I think what we'd do is we would, we would deal with it. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Okay, I think I, I don't want to give too much away, but we'll deal with it. Okay. Um, but what we'd like for next week's or the next podcast is an, an interesting question because I have noticed that Abigail is going along the route of hair and dresses. Yeah. So I wanted to be a bit more descriptive so or a bit more creative. So the question that we're asking this week is, what do you think Mickey Mouse does when the theme park closes? Okay. Ooh. So what does he get up to? When, when the gate's shut, everyone's left, what does he get up to? Right, this could be interesting. And, you know, if, if, if your kid wants to talk about... Minnie Mouse instead, you know, that, that's fine too. Because I know my kids will probably yeah, prefer to talk about the female mouse rather than the male mouse. Fine. Okay. Be interesting to see what happens there. It'll be very interesting to see what happens there. So what do you think Mickey Mouse does when the park closes? 
Um, so you can send your entries again to radio at Disney. I'm going to look forward to this one. Radio at DisneyBrit.com. Uh, send that in and we will play those on the next show. And then, of course, if you also want to send in your audio of them describing uh, a Disney movie, that would be fantastic. Right, that is it. That is everything. That is the end of the show, which means it's time to play this. <laughs> Right, it is our Disney outro music, so we want to thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Ali, for joining us. Thank you. And we know it's like well past your bedtime and stuff, and you're getting a I know, I feel like such a rebel. I know, how bad are you? And we've like kept you up past your bedtime and everything. It's it's only (laughs) 6pm. It's it's only 6pm. But no, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Alan, as well. No problem, anytime. And I want to say a massive thank you to our sponsors, which is Scooter Vacation Rentals, which you can go to scootorlando.com and, of course, to Orlando Attraction Tickets. You can go to orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk and get all of the uh, Orlando attractions you need for your next trip. Don't forget, you can go over to Facebook. You can jo- like our page. You can join in and comment as well and uh, find everything else uh, that's going on about the show and all the stuff in there. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at DisneyBrit and you can review us on iTunes and of course you can ring us 01212882748 that's whether you want to ring us because you've got something you want to say maybe you want uh, your child to ring in about what they think Mickey does when the park closes that's fine of course don't forget we need to thank both Len and Erin Lentester and Erin Foster for joining us and talking about the Disney Cruise Line you can of course get the book The Unofficial Guide to the Disney Cruise Line which uh, not only do they write but also is contributed by Ali as well you can get that from Amazon all those lovely places as well and that's pretty much it. So we will see you in two weeks' time. Until then, we'll see ya. Gosh, everybody! <laughs> that was swell!